Salutations. Welcome to Podmortem. I'm Renee Hunter-Vasquez, joined as always by my co-host, my husband, and my brother. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. Hi, I'm Travis Hunter. This week, we're recording live from the Mullins Farmhouse discussing the 2017 supernatural horror sequel, Annabelle Creation. This film was directed by David F. Sandberg and written by Gary Doberman. After meeting Annabelle in her 2014 film, this film takes us all the way back to the beginning. With an arguably better story and strong performances, Annabelle Creation was better received than its predecessor and its addition to the Conjuring universe. This film and the Conjuring series as a whole was recommended to us by friend of the show and when to go getter Kent Morton. Kent has been with us since the beginning and we truly appreciate his support. We also adore his dog, Muty. Do yourself a favor and go follow her on Instagram at super underscore mutant underscore alien underscore baby. A big thank you to Kent and Muty. So what did you guys think of Annabelle Creation the first time you saw it? I do want to start off by saying this is way better than the first Annabelle. Yes. Um, <laughs> that movie was not good. Uh, this one I did enjoy a lot more. Mm -hmm. I did remember a lot of stuff, but there was stuff I didn't remember either. So I did enjoy it. And um, it's way better than the first one. <laughs> I think that having very low expectations going in, yeah. how, it really oh, helped yeah. Yeah. what I thought of this one. Yeah. Because, man, I and it's one of the... No, I can't even say that. I was going to say it's one of the rare misfires in the Conjuring universe. Well, but, at this point... Well, at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's go Up back now. and let's yeah. pretend it's 2017. All right, I'm going to take myself back. <laughs> pretend that the nun did not exist. Yeah. Oh, God. Nor did Annabelle comes home. Right. Or La Llorona. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Jeez, man. <laughs> it's so crazy that these are beloved. And when I think of the Conjuring series, I'm like, I've, I'm filled with joy. Right. When I but. don't like yeah. <laughs> almost the majority the most of them. Yeah. I'm not even crazy about the Conjuring. The devil made me do it. Well, you know, like, here, but you know what? The next one that comes out, I'm going to be there. Yeah. Of course. Well, because we love Patrick Wilson and yeah. Vera Farmiga. Yeah. But I think that this is a surprisingly effective horror film. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think it's down to David Sandberg, mm -hmm. his direction. Yeah. And I just, I mean, I don't know. There was, he directed Lights Out before this. Mm -hmm. And I enjoyed that film. I had a lot of issues with it. But I feel like if you can say one thing about him, he crafts scares very well. Right. And though they're sometimes a mix of the jump scare and the like haunting visual yeah he at least puts in the haunting visual mm -hmm. yeah it's not all a cat running across your car yeah. hood or whatever right. you know so i mean with all that together and it being a more cohesive story very much so because the first one was like do we want to be a rosemary's baby yeah like, <laughs> no no no, no we're well, good. it's like the kombucha girl yeah <laughs> No. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just think that this one came out better. It's a shame that it, you know what it reminds me of is, uh, is it pronounced Ouija? Ouija? I've always said Ouija. Okay. Even if it's wrong, yeah. I'm saying Ouija. All right. Well, you know, the, it's based on, it's supposed to be yes, yes in right. French and oh, German. So, so it we, should be yeah. we, ya, yeah. But nobody fucking says nope, that ever. Happening. But <laughs> it's too late. It reminded me of how Mike Flanagan's prequel came and saved it. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is a redux of that. Yeah. Um, I totally agree with, with both of y'all. I feel like the greatest thing that this film had going for it was that mm -hmm. Annabelle 
came first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you see Annabelle and you're like, all right, I'm going to be honest. I was really putting off doing this because I I don't know if y'all listen to our ep- episode on Annabelle, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of yeah. Annabelle. Uh, speaking of which, I know we've gone back a couple times at this point and kind of changed scores that we've given. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, I looked back and it's funny because when we covered Annabelle, that was the first film that I was like, I'll just say talking shit about as I was going through the script. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you were, it was in your script. Yeah, I was, no, I was upset. Yeah. I think you literally said, cause that makes fucking sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, nay, a little decorum, please. <laughs> I feel like up until that point, I tried to be very, very neutral and just, you know, added the commentary here and there. But uh-huh. Annabelle was such an affront to me as a human being that I just, I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I was, dipping my toes in the water of you know being very candid and honest about how, how i felt period mm-hmm. um but i still held back a little bit on my score yeah because when you told us what our old scores yes. were yeah i was surprised because of how much i know that i hated, hated. it yeah. yeah so i had previously given annabelle a six i'm just gonna chop that bad boy in half and we're gonna sit at a three wow um i think that may be the <laughs> lowest i've ever rated him i think it is <laughs> but i uh Again, if if you haven't listened to the episode, if you have, you know, it's uh, I found it to be racist. (laughs) And I'm not that person that's just like, oh, this is racist. But I was um, I was I didn't like it. Well, we all agree that Alfre Woodard deserved way better. She deserved better. I feel like she was completely wasted. I feel like her arc made no sense. I feel like a lot of the motivations of the characters made no sense. That movie made no sense. And like you said, are we Rosemary's baby? No. Well, maybe. No, no, no. Like, I mean, it's like it was so confused as to what mm-hmm. it even wanted to be. Plus, I just don't like Annabelle. I feel like if Annabelle didn't look like Annabelle, maybe yeah. I would like it a little but bit the, more. The only good piece of that movie is when she's in the basement or the part yeah. that was that, directed yeah, by James that's Wan. It. Yeah, exactly. And I, I had wanted to bring that up as well, because in Annabelle proper, I guess you really missed James Wan. Mm-hmm. His absence was felt for the entire film besides that one scene absolutely this i i feel like this is his standard like it gels more with what we could expect i can definitely agree with that and i don't want to talk shit about john leonetti or anything right Mm -hmm. i feel like his direction was just lacking in annabelle yeah right well you know he's not really a take charge kind of guy (laughs) (laughs) i read that because you know james wan produced lights out yeah they were in pro- post-production on that film, and after they were watching it all getting pieced together, that's when they decided to be like, hey, what do you think about doing the next Annabelle film for us? Yeah. Because I think he probably saw it and he's like, this is way closer to right. the style yeah. Yeah, I had yeah. in mind. And I just think that it works. And I did because I did some math because it was very easy math to do. <laughs> but do you want to know how bad Annabelle puts you off from continuing the series? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> what Annabelle <laughs> was <laughs> was released 80 weeks ago <laughs> I was very upset yeah so and we always talk about diving back into franchises but I'm just like it was like I'd been hurt I was nah. like I'm just not ready <laughs> and I remember watching this in the theater for the first time and just actually enjoying it it's one of those it's I put it in the category in my brain as like a popcorn film. Right. Okay. Like it's the perfect, you throw this on on a Friday night mm-hmm. and if you're with a group of friends, you're going to have a ton of fun. Yeah. Because there is enough there to where it's kind of 
I don't want to say crowd pleasing. I mean, but that would it, fit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, you're not, we're not breaking any new ground here. No. This no. isn't, you know, some psychological film that you're going to carry with you for days. But if you want to watch a Conjuring movie, you really can't expect more than what you get here. Yeah, I mean, it's good and effective. It yeah. is. Yeah. And I will say, I don't normally get affected by films like ever. Yeah. But after I watched this film last night, I was going to go use the restroom. <laughs> and I was like, like oh, oh. <laughs> I, I just missed the bed. I just, <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> just <laughs> Now, before we inhabit this film, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast. And in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, then let's move in. Now, this film relies heavily on having already seen Annabelle. If you haven't, we suggest you go watch it or listen to episode 26 of our show as a refresher. The film opens on a fake blue eye rolling across the table and toward us. The hands of Samuel Mullins, played by Anthony LaPaglia, pick it up and through a magnifying glass, they begin to dust it off. There are pieces of dolls hanging up and sketches of dolls' faces on the wall. We pan through arms, legs, torsos, faces before the blue eye is popped into one of the empty doll faces. So this is before I I knew exactly what the story was. Right. Yeah. We're just beginning here. But the hanging doll parts, even I don't care what your occupation is. This is the lair of a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if you do make dolls. Yeah, I don't give a shit. <laughs> this is horrifying already. An ad for the Mullins Toy Company with the depiction of Annabelle the doll is tacked up on the wall next to a sketch of her face. It's like, you made that on purpose, dude? Yeah. <laughs> like, again, I know that we've already said that that's one of our issues is because Annabelle looks fucking scary yeah. as shit. Uh-huh. I just wish she would have been... You even could have used the Raggedy Ann doll I, that it's supposed to be. Or even just a cute baby doll, something right. that doesn't already look like yeah. it's trying to take your soul. <laughs> that, that's, that was my note as well. Was I was like, so you were already scary yeah. from the beginning. Yeah. From like the get-go. He was like, I had a, a horrible nightmare. I'm going to make a doll of yeah. it. Like, I, don't, I don't understand. It's like in The Conjuring 2 when he painted that painting. <laughs> and he's like, I just had this weird that's dream what- last night <laughs> of the scariest fucking thing you ever saw. <laughs> just two things very quickly about the doll. Mm-hmm. If they were to go with the real story, it would have been like a raggedy, yeah. Yeah. like a factory or something mm-hmm. of them like stitching it together or a machine doing it or whatever. So I am glad that they changed it because it makes it more, I guess, personal. Right. But one thing I did hear on commentary is Sandberg said that they actually softened the features of the Annabelle doll. This is a brand new doll. Yeah. And so you can see the cheeks are a little more puffy, uh-huh. but it's still horrifying. I, I mean, yeah. it's not, no. like, <laughs> I, if I may, it's still not enough. No. <laughs> no. But a logo for Mullins Toy Company is burned onto Annabelle's wooden back, along with the box advertising that she is limited edition blank out of 100. With a small paintbrush and a steady hand, Sam fills it in one out of 100. So this is something that is very interesting to me is that there are a lot of CG shots in this film that you would never guess were. Right. Mm-hmm. That painting of the one is one of them. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't ever guess. No. no it yeah. looked really satisfying. It did. <laughs> he said that they couldn't get it right. And so he just said, I'll just do a dry brush on set and then it'll be filled in in post. And I'm like, what the fuck? It, it worked. I can't even complain. It no. worked. But Annabelle is packed away into a box. 
a scrap of paper is slipped under the door and Sam rushes outside to find no one there. He opens the scrap of paper and reads the words, find me, written in blue crayon. He leaves his work shed and heads to his huge fucking house. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. if this is a doll maker's salary, I'm in the wrong Sign fucking yeah. <laughs> I'll be a serial killer as well. Absolutely. <laughs> Whatever I gotta do. Once inside, on the floor in front of the door is another scrap of paper. Closer, written in green crayon. A shadow moves further in the house, but Sam goes into the living room. Taking a pen out of his pocket, he writes something down on the paper scrap and sets it on the piano. Did you notice as he walks in the front door behind him, the designs are upside down crosses? No, I didn't. Yeah, I was wondering. I was like, are those supposed to be that yeah, way? Like, they're they're, they're, like they're set little. the stage. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's going to be some demon shit it's in here. It's called foreshadowing. Well, it worked. <laughs> he walks away, but our view stays on the scrap of paper until his daughter, B, played by Samara Lee, comes out from behind some curtains. She picks up the scrap of paper and the message that he wrote was found you. He pops out with the boo, startling her and tickling her. <laughs> he screams very loud. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I was like, oh my God. Gonna traumatize this poor little girl. <laughs> They're laughing until her mother, Esther Mullins, played by Miranda Otto, comes in and tells her that that's enough. She asks if B is okay and then immediately joins in on the tickling and they all laugh. Firstly... Miranda Otto as I live and breathe. (laughs) (laughs) And secondly, all right. I don't understand what's up with Samuel because he seems like he may not be human. (laughs) (laughs) He seems like a robot that's been taught the idea of feelings, but he doesn't fully understand. Because he says to her, as Esther starts tickling him, he's like, do you need help? Because I can help. I was like, what? (laughs) This is just weird. Do you require assistance? In a monotone. <laughs> <laughs> and that continues. I mean, yeah. I feel like that's like throughout the film. This And this is before anything happens. Yes. So yeah. later you can excuse it away. He's a little catatonic exactly. or traumatized. But no, he kind of, he starts a that's little off. That's just who he is. Yeah. <laughs> but that night, Esther brushes B's hair as B writes, I don't, uh, and like her journal. Right. Mm-hmm. After she lets out a huge yawn, Esther tells her that it's time for bed. The fact that you called out the yawn, I'm assuming it was very cartoony. It was, it was a big yawn. Yeah. <laughs> it was an exaggerated yawn. I must have been looking at my notes or something. <laughs> but she tucks B in and shuts off the light, but B stops her before she can leave, asking her to turn on the gramophone. She does, and it plays You Are My Sunshine. When they say that they don't make people like they used to, no, that's fine, because kids were into some scary-ass shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't put on grandma's phone. Grandma, so grandma's <laughs> phone. <laughs> don't put that creepy ass thing on while I'm trying to sleep. And then what, what happens? She's like, mommy, please. Yeah. Like, yeah. So she's into it. The horror helps me. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? I have to dream up more dolls for daddy. <laughs> In all fairness, I was like, this like Bourbon Street version of fucking you're my is this the original version i don't know i don't i don't know because yeah. i'm like well it's what it's supposed to be 19 something sure all right <laughs> well 1999 <laughs> <laughs> yes this is this film was uh set in the right. new millennium <laughs> i think it's the this is the 40s because we flash ahead later yeah right so maybe it is i don't know i don't know enough about this damn song though. it's just <laughs> it's just so light and then it, you know what i mean the uh-huh. way it sounds is kind of creepy and i'm like man no grandma's yeah, no, no. do that. <laughs> got any white noise on that grandma's phone <laughs> <laughs> right can i hear some tropical rain yeah, some rain, rain or yeah. anything? thunderstorm 
But the next morning, after a church bell rings, the Mullins family leaves church. After Esther and B barter a deal of playing dolls all afternoon in exchange for some help with chores, the family is stopped by Victor Palmieri, played by Brad Greenquist, who was Victor Pascal. Holy shit. Okay. I yeah, was super excited, and we literally <laughs> see him for two minutes. Yeah. But I was like, it's, it's some guy named Pascal. <laughs> he looked familiar. I couldn't place it. Yeah. Did you catch that very odd, dramatic shot over the roof of the church? Yeah. It was a lot. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> nothing has happened yet. Like, nothing they're is haunted. Just, I, I was wondering, because I was like, all right, we came in fast. Yeah, I was like, like, holy I shit. Maybe they're, like, priming us to, like, a little discomfort right. because something bad is coming. Well, okay. I was uncomfortable. <laughs> and so it worked. Yes. But Victor greets the family warmly and asks Sam when the dolls he ordered are going to be ready. His customers ask him every day for them. Esther looks at Sam with pride and tells Victor that he can send his son over tomorrow to pick up the dolls because they're ready. I don't understand why Sam didn't answer. He's just standing there looking wooden. Yeah. And Esther's like, no, they're ready. Well, because he wasn't programmed to answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Victor is thrilled that the dolls are ready and they all part ways. I thought it was funny because Victor said something along the lines of prayers do get answered. Yeah. And I was like, that's can you imagine? You <laughs> yeah. That's your worry? Like, yeah. if, if you're God and you're like, this motherfucker's praying about these dolls again? <laughs> like, holy shit. I also feel like in w when they part ways, that's the end of Victor. We yeah, never we, see him again. No. But it has to be a nod that his name's Victor and Victor Pascal. Yeah. Like, I feel like they that they, had to be on purpose. I think, I mean, Sandberg is like a student of horror. Yeah. I wouldn't I, be surprised. Yeah. They, they should have named him Pascal Palmieri. We all <laughs> yeah. like, all right. <laughs> then we'd be calling it out for being too much. Exactly. <laughs> we can't. There's a happy medium. Yeah. Just <laughs> let them do this. Don't push it. Did you uh, see the family that was at that truck behind them? Mm -mm. I heard on commentary that that was Sandberg's parents his sister and her boyfriend. How cute. <laughs> That's cool. I love it when directors do that. Yes. But we cut to Sam changing a tire on his truck and Esther chastising him for yelling, damn it, in front of B. A car comes toward them on the road and Esther proposes that she stops them and asks them for help, but Sam tells her no. He wrestles the tire out from the well, but a screw pops loose and bounces into the middle of the road. Trying to be helpful, B calls out that she'll get it. She runs for it just in time for the approaching car to slam right into her. And you see the impact. Yeah. yeah. I was surprised. Away. It cuts yeah. away quickly, but yeah, you like do. Like nearly immediately. I personally, whenever I saw the car coming in the distance, I There's already... something bad's going to happen. Yeah. And I was quite afraid. Yeah. yeah. We hear Esther scream and see the doll that B was holding hit the road broken. This is when we get our title screen, black letters burned into a wooden background, Annabelle creation. We come back up on the same road 12 years later. There's now a cross erected on the side of the road, but a bus speeds by the name St. Eustace Home for Girls painted on the side. On the bus, Linda, played by Lulu Wilson, sits with Janice, played by Talitha Eliana Bateman. The girls each cradle a doll and Linda looks thoughtfully out the window while Janice plays with... They're the fortune teller things that mm -hmm. you, you know, what's the number? One, two, three, four, yeah, whatever. Yeah. We called them cootie catchers. But when I said that, John Paul looked at me like I'd lost my fucking mind the other day. So oh, they're fortune tellers. I, no. guess. I thought they were called cootie catchers because they're supposed to be like your date or whatever. Your date. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're, not you dating. No, you're, not, you're not dating the paper, but it was supposed to be like a to tell you. I guess fortune teller makes a lot yeah, of sense. It was supposed to foretell your... Uh, no, I uh, stop looking at the paper. That way. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Put the paper down. But 
Janice asks Linda to pick a number. After picking the number four, Janice informs Linda that she will soon make new friends. She tries to give Linda the fortune teller so she can get a turn, but sees that her friend is sad. Linda explains that she just wishes they were going to a new home instead of another orphanage and that her doll, Sweet Sue, agrees. Janice holds her hand and admits that it would be nice to have a home, but Linda tells her that it would only be nice if they were together. She doesn't want to go anywhere without Janice. So Janice proposes a promise. If someone wants one of them, they get both of them. They promise each other this, and Janice tells Linda that her favorite thing about Sweet Sue is that she looks just like Linda, and Linda smiles at this. This is really cute and mm-hmm. early on establishes this like sisterhood between right. Linda and Janice, mm-hmm. but I don't... <laughs> I don't think they get as much say as they think they do. <laughs> no, I was wondering if that's how it works. Like, well, I'm not fucking right. going anywhere. <laughs> so where's Janice sleeping? Oh, oh no. no. Okay. Then. Never mind. Very quickly. I know we all love Lulu Wilson. Yes. All yes. of her work with Mike Flanagan. Mm-hmm. Fantastic child actress. Yes. Mm-hmm. I did want to point out that the actress who plays Janice is the sister of the actor who played, I was going to say the lead boy, but <laughs> I don't think that's a title. But I don't remember the kid's name, but the boy from Lights Out. Oh. So Sandberg, he said that, he's like, look, it wasn't a situation where it was just like, oh, I know your brother, your cast. Yeah. He said no, she worked her ass off she, to get this. She yeah. does a great job. Yeah. She's really good. And Lulu Wilson is just She's always good, mm-hmm. even with her little working mom haircut in this film. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> I just love her. It's the 50s. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> At the front of the bus, Sister Charlotte, played by Stephanie Sigmund, asks Father Massey, played by Mark Bromhall, how much further. Father Massey laughs as he drives the bus, saying that she's worse than the children. But Sister Charlotte is just excited. I love how he just immediately takes the Lord's name in vain. <laughs> As a priest, he's like, how, how much further? Jesus fucking. <laughs> Nobody's like, Jesus, Mary and Joe. I was like, I don't know that you can. <laughs> Isn't that frowned upon in your establishment? Establishment? I mean, apparently not. But she says that the Mullins taking them in is a gift from God. And who wouldn't be excited about getting a gift? Father Massey tells Sister Charlotte and the children that they may not see much of Mrs. Mullins because of the condition she has from an accident she had a few years ago. He tells the children to help her out as much as they can. The bus continues down winding dirt roads until it pulls onto the Mullins property. The girls, except for Janice, crowd the windows, staring at the house as Sam steps out onto the porch. I did want to point out that this is, I think, filmed. The exteriors are in Simi Valley. Mm -hmm. So these are actually like real locations. Oh, okay. If I'm not mistaken, the house, I think, was built for a production. And I think they said it was used for Westworld as well. Oh, wow. But they added like a bunch of stuff to it. And they obviously, the production designer made it look weathered and all that stuff. But all the interiors of everything is on the Warner Brothers lot. Uh, (laughs) Oh, wow. Like everything. And so the production designer did a really good job. Yeah. Because yeah. everything seems like they're filming on location. Yeah, yeah, it does. I thought they were in a real house. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like it. But from our view on the ground in front of the bus, we see the children hop down and run toward the house. After a pause, we see another child step out, but this one has a leg brace. We see that it's Janice. And when Sister Charlotte asks if she needs help, Janice insists that she's fine. She walks past Sam, who she smiles at, but Sam does not smile back at her. <laughs> he wasn't programmed. To- <laughs> like, yeah, why are you taking these girls in? Like, it's not even like a warm yeah. welcome. He's just like, nah, like. He seems like incredibly reluctant. Yeah. yeah. But then when they get in the house, he says things that are somewhat 
Yeah. Uh, barely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go Let's too far. Let's keep it real. Yeah. I did want to point out because the whole timeline situation of the mm. Conjuring universe, this film is supposed to be set in 1955. And so I did some research and 1955 was actually the year that they determined that the polio vaccine was safe to distribute. Mm. And okay. so this is right in the middle of the epidemic. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. That sucks. Mm hmm. But Sam greets Sister Charlotte, who tells him that Janice was unfortunate enough to get polio during the outbreak, but that she's getting stronger every day. She promises that Janice will not be a burden, but Sam gives literally no reaction to anything that she says. No, <laughs> he doesn't. No, <laughs> he just stands there absorbing it. It's very strange. Father Massey asks Sam to give the girls a tour, and Sam says that he'll start inside. Jazzy music plays as Sam opens the door to the house and the girls go in. Carol and Nancy, played by Grace Fulton and Philippa Coulthard, remarked that the house is as big as a castle and that would make them the princesses. <laughs> when they said that, I was like, oh, they're the bullies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Y'all are the mean girls. Yeah. You could immediately. <laughs> Kate, played by Taylor Buck, chimes in that if this is the new orphanage, she's fine with never being adopted at all. They wander around and are excited to find a TV, but Sam's like, the TV doesn't work anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, shit. But then he's like, but the radio. He says that the yeah. radio does. We kind of get the James Wan layout treatment yeah. as they continue to explore the large house. Seeing his little moments like that that make it really fit into the universe. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I was like, this feels like something James Wan would do. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, we've talked about that a lot, how he'll kind of do something like this to show you the layout so yeah, that it yeah. makes sense later. Mm -hmm. And immediately I was like, this has to be, you know, homage or a nod or something because it felt very much in tune. Absolutely. But Sister Charlotte does what she can to kind of try to rein in their excitement. They're fucking opening cupboards. Like, they're, they're <laughs> stoked. They finally come to a closed door. Sam explains that this is his and Mrs. Mullen's room, but they can use the rest of the downstairs however they want. Their bedrooms are upstairs, and as he leads them to the stairs, Sister Charlotte stops and asks if there's any way that she and Janice can stay on the ground floor. Linda's like, oh, yeah, no, me too. <laughs> <laughs> like, we made a deal. I don't yeah. know if you heard. We're kind of a package deal. But Janice again insists that she's fine. Sam presses a button, summoning a chairlift that slowly descends the staircase. He explains that he got it for his wife, but it hasn't been used in years. Linda excitedly tells Janice to try it. Sister Charlotte even saying that if Janice doesn't, she'll do it herself. <laughs> Janice sits down in the chair and Sam teaches her how to use it. Pressing the control down takes it downstairs, up takes it upstairs, but nothing starts until it buckles in properly. The controls check out. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Makes sense. He's like, but if you press it down, you are going to the basement. <laughs> like, wait, like, wait, what? I didn't agree to this. I did think it was interesting that it had any kind of safety precaution at all. Yeah. yeah, it's like, no, you got to buckle yeah. in, which it should. Yeah, but I mean, if I've learned anything from Mad Men, they <laughs> don't, <laughs> especially no. children. Now go play with this dry cleaning bag. <laughs> <laughs> but Sister Charlotte and the girls watch and applaud as Janice rides up the stairs smiling. Charlotte thanks Sam, who again says nothing. I just don't get this, dude. <laughs> yeah. Janice is so happy riding up the stairs. I thought this would be a moment of Sam to maybe smile or like... I don't know. Yeah. You would think. Yeah, no, he's just like, okay. Like, well, <laughs> even in the dining room. <laughs> I don't know if you <laughs> I don't know if you remember what he says, but he's like, this room is more than adequate enough to accommodate all of us. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> like he But like a robot. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Like, this is where I eat my fuel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean meal. I mean, sorry, sorry. Oatmeal? Yes, yes, yes. 
But Janice's smile fades as she reaches the second floor alone. In the darkness of the room behind her, a faint figure in a dress stands before walking into the shadows. There is a really nice pop of color in that, like, I don't know if it's called a, it's not the guardrail. What's the top of the stairs called when it's not the rail or the, well, we fucking say stair hole. Stair hole. Yeah. We, don't know, <laughs> we don't know any parts of stairs. If there's any architects that could help us out. But it's a nice pop of red. Right. And it looks minorly sinister. Yeah. And later it's very sinister. Yeah. But now it's just like a little bit of color it's in like, this huh. kind of old yeah. house. That little figure walking yeah they said was composited in from an old shot that they didn't use uh, oh wow because they were like you know what something should happen here yeah yeah and here we go well but when janice turns around of course there's nothing there the girls all come running up the stairs and janice smiles again she walks into a nice bedroom with four beds and looks very happy with the setup right behind her though are carol and nancy who claim two of the beds for themselves and the other two for kate and a girl named tyranny when janice asks what about her and linda the girls don't care they tell her it's a big house and there will be other rooms for them kate and tyranny played by lulu saffron come in and are happy with the room so janice just leaves so the actress who plays tyranny is the producer's daughter mhm yes i okay that i found that out last night because i was like these girls are teenagers. Yeah. yeah. Kate isn't as old as them, but she's seems older than um I almost called her Lulu than Linda yeah, and yeah. Janice. Uh -huh. Tyranny looks about five years old. <laughs> 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 Not literally, but she's by far yeah. the youngest yeah. girl in this little cool group. Mm -hmm. So the it fact seemed that, a little yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, I, I see. It's yeah. Like, no, my daughter's one of the cool yeah. girls. <laughs> <laughs> But I will say I, I'm, I'm a little torn because obviously Janice deserves a room right next to the stairs. Yeah, right. she does. Right next to that little chair. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, this did feel a bit like forced conflict. Well, I mean, I, we're establishing our hierarchy. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, she's like, why can't we have those fucking beds? It's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, it's a little. But I, I get it. I get what they're trying to do. Yeah. That she and Linda are kind of, you know, the, the outsiders. Outcasts. Yeah. yeah. So Janice walks to another room, but before she goes inside, she notices height marks on the doorframe. She traces them with her finger before reaching for the doorknob. Right before she can grab it, though, Sam comes out of nowhere and grabs it first, startling her and proclaiming the door to be locked and staying that way. He could have just said the room's unavailable. Yeah, yeah. That, you know? that's what I was like. Why did he? Why did he tell her like that? He just says it. Don't just hey, we don't go in there. Yeah. please, whatever. He but, says uh, it's so rough, and I feel like if obviously the room is very important, right? And they shouldn't be going in no, there. No, yeah. But shouldn't that have been part of the tour? Yeah, <laughs> he's like, that's I'm true. fucking waiting until one of those bitches grabs that door, and I'm like, it's and like, then I'm it, gonna fucking and, scare the <laughs> shit out of her. <laughs> it's like, dude, and it, they doesn't even talk to her like she's a child. No, no, yeah. no. I'm like, what the hell, dude? Like, I mean, you got to level with she her. She didn't know because you didn't tell her. No. And then without another word, he just walks off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would have preferred a little bit more of an explanation. Yeah. Something. Linda pops her head out from another room and calls Janice over. She walks in to see small dolls and doll clothing all over the room. He couldn't have put that in storage? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this room is terrifying. It's like, you knew they were coming. Yeah. <laughs> you invited them to come yes. here. Could you imagine like sleeping in that Hell room no. and waking up and seeing that nope. shit? Yeah. Nope. But Linda sits on the top bunk of a bunk bed and asks if Janice wants to be her bunk mate and Janice smiles. In her room, Sister Charlotte opens her suitcase and takes out a... I put a medallion. 
I don't know what it is. Um, it didn't look like a rosary. Right. It's something. <laughs> and she puts it on her bedpost. <laughs> yeah. It's jewelry, I think. Yes. She takes out a small blanket and stares at it as a dumbwaiter behind her silently opens. This blanket makes no sense. But I did read about a a like an abandoned plot point. Yes. And when I rewatched it today, I was like, that's what that was for. Why'd you keep it in? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It's so odd to me because they even filmed all the things that they talked about for oh, wow. that plot point. Really? Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know if you wanted to talk about yeah, it we now. Can. Or yeah. Basically what the story is for Sister Charlotte uh-huh. is that while she is, I guess, either becoming a nun or when she decides that she's going to become a nun, she also discovers that she's pregnant. Oh, okay. And so after she has the baby, she gives the baby up for adoption. But very sadly, she learns that seven years later, her kid actually drowned underneath a sheet of ice. What the hell? Yeah. And like, I guess thin ice fell into the thing and uh, couldn't get out. And so throughout the entire film in this house, there's like two, three scenes where she's supposed to be haunted by this boy. Yeah, Yeah. by her child. And so when I was rewatching, because when I watched it the first time, this was almost a fresh rewatch for me. I remembered one set piece and that was it. Uh huh. So I was like, ooh, what's with the blanket? Yeah. And then nothing happens with the blanket. And then I forgot about the blanket. And then I read (laughs) that and I was like, oh, that's what was up with the blanket. (laughs) Exactly. So if you were confused too, there we go. (laughs) That's what it was. But moving on from the blanket, <laughs> the dumbwaiter behind Sister Charlotte silently opens and the pages of the Bible on her bed begin to rustle in the new breeze and she notices the open dumbwaiter. She walks over to it and opens it the rest of the way before sticking her head in it. Oh, that's just... Girl. <laughs> but she sees that the car is on the bottom floor. She grabs the rope, suspending it and pulls on it, bringing the dumbwaiter up slowly. Can I ask legitimately how the fuck this dumbwaiter works? I I don't know. What do you mean? And I, like, I don't because know I'm thinking, later either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking like as soon as it gets to where you need it, like you can't pull because then you'll be like shutting yourself in there. Yeah. So how do you get anything out of this dumbwaiter? Oh, yeah. I, I don't fucking know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was just thinking logistically. I don't the ever need to use that. The most inconvenient dumbwaiter. <laughs> But before she brings it the whole way up, she just closes the door, but it quickly opens back up on its own. This is going to be a problem. Uh, Yeah. That's the only sign I need. Children, yeah. let's go. Uh, no, yeah. Yeah, I'm saying, how do you, and <laughs> the father is a robot, yeah. or, or the man <laughs> well, in the house is a robot. I'm just, I'm confused. Well, when it, when it cracks open earlier, it's blowing the pages of the Bible around. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it... No, no, I'm no, out. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, we're no. good. The breeze is like, get that out yeah. of here. <laughs> <laughs> But as Sister Charlotte stares in disbelief, Nancy rushes in, scaring the shit out of her. Sister Charlotte asks the Lord to give Nancy the wisdom not to give people heart attacks, and Nancy asks that they can go explore. Sister Charlotte says to help Sam with the bags first, but Nancy says that Father Mullins is already doing that, and they don't want to get in the way. She finally allows them to go, saying that they need to look after each other. So this is something that is clearly, as we've talked about in the past, standard in horror films. Right. Mm-hmm. But in this scene, I saw Nancy and I was like, she's got to be my age. Yeah. <laughs> and so I looked and she's two years younger than me. And right. so I'm like, so if this is what, 2017, you said? Yes. So she's like 25, maybe 24 at yeah. this point, playing, a, what, a 15 year old? Probably. Yeah. Like, I understand. I, no, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand at all. I did hear on commentary, and it'll come up later, uh, the 
scene's exterior in the dark mm-hmm. when kids are outside, they said that they had a very small window because of child labor laws. Yeah. Right. It has to get dark and it's like 10 o'clock and then they can't work past midnight. So yeah. they have like two hours. Oh, wow. And so I was like, well. I like how you're saying it. Like, come on, kids. Like, these goddamn kids. (laughs) It's inconvenient. It is. And so I was like, well, maybe that's why, you know, Nancy and Carol are in their 20s. But then every scene that they're in, the kids are in too. Yeah. So I'm like, no. So that's not why. (laughs) No, maybe they were just the best people for the part. Maybe they were. But Linda goes into her and Janice's room and asks if she's coming with them. But Janice is massaging her leg and says that she might join them in a little while. Linda proposes staying here with her, but Janice reminds her that she promised not to treat her any differently. Acknowledging this, Linda smiles and is like, all right, bye, bitch. (laughs) And just runs away. (laughs) You could have pretended to be a little more sad. She's like, no, you right. Yeah. Or just like, no, we can go out later. You know what I mean? (laughs) I did. You know what? I did say yeah, that. I did say that. Well, <laughs> later. I'm going to throw our pact in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> Friends like these. God damn. But now alone, Janice slowly walks to the window without the assistance of her crutch, only the brace on her leg. She looks out into the yard to see the girls, including her best friend, run past and out of view. Father Massey walks by with their suitcases and she looks down longingly and sighs deeply as the door out of focus behind her begins to move. Someone, presumably a little girl, also out of focus, slowly starts walking toward her. We see Janice from behind as she still looks out the window, oblivious, but when she finally turns around, there's nothing there. She starts to walk across the room, but her foot hits something and she looks down. Her crutch, which had been left across the room, is now lying on the floor right in front of her. So that feels helpful. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Thanks, girl. I Because I was going to say, you know, this house. She's like, use your crutch. I yeah. Don't hurt no. yourself. <laughs> well, I mean, it's clear. Then this is day one, mind you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they just got there. This house is haunted as shit. Yes. And yes. Are th- were the Mullins see I was like were the Mullins just scared and they wanted more people here to be like look I can't um, their <laughs> motivations are in question I know it gets explained later but I feel like the explanation that we get does not match yeah Sam's attitude it no. does not match what's going on in the house it de- like oh, I, it's very strange but yeah they have just gotten here and it's still broad daylight outside and mm-hmm. you're moving fucking crutches yeah and- I'm like, I'm good. Can you give us a yeah, day? I'm good. <laughs> like, just like a false sense of security or something. Warm up to it. Every yeah. every single haunted house in this Conjuring universe at least gives them some no, time. Yeah. <laughs> but in the next scene, they all sit in the dining room with their heads bowed and hands clasped as Sam says grace. Wow, so it was adequate to accommodate was- all of them. <laughs> His computations were correct. (laughs) A bell rings from somewhere in the house and the girls look around as Sam prays, but lower their heads back when he says, amen. I want all of these girls to calm down. (laughs) A fucking bell. Yeah, because they look around like they've never heard a bell in their life. It's like, what? (laughs) With the prayer finished, they all look around at the sound of the bell, prompting Sam to excuse himself from the table. Carol gets up from the table and follows him quietly, peeking into his bedroom as he opens the door. Esther, obscured by the canopy of her bed, begins to pull the curtain aside, but Sam quickly shuts the door. Sister Charlotte tells Carol to sit her nosy ass back down. Yeah, I'm saying nosy ass. Yeah, she didn't. Yeah. But 
<laughs> sit your ass back down. And when she does, she tells Carol to mind her business. The lights start cutting in and out, and Linda looks around fearfully. Okay, so more haunted shit. Yeah. Right. Uh, but first of all, she was sitting right next to Sister Charlotte when she got up, and Sister Charlotte wasn't like, She's like, are uh-huh. you? Yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> Where are you going? And then when he, <laughs> shut, he shuts the door, she's in like the door frame. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of this is just very odd to me. I mean, on one hand, I also want to see what's going on in there. But well, again, yeah, but this is your first night here. Like mm-hmm. you live here yeah. now. You're going to get the tea. Just yes. like, be patient. And he Calm just down. cooked you all dinner. Yeah. yeah. Like be polite <laughs> for one night. We cut to Linda and Janice saying the Lord's Prayer before bed. They tack on an ending alternating between who's speaking as they ask for the Lord to bring them parents that will take both of them home and make them real sisters. They giggle asking for the parents to hate homework as much as they do, but say that it'll be okay even if they don't. Sister Charlotte watches from the doorway with a smile before walking away. I enjoy these little moments of their bonding yes. because it, it gives weight to things later right. Yeah, in a way that the first film, like I, dude, I didn't give a shit about any of those yeah. people. Not one of them, yeah. except for Alfre Woodard. Yes. And but, look at what happened there. Yeah. <laughs> I was caring more about the pitch black demon. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm rooting for the demon. Yes, at this point. I was like, please let him be successful. <laughs> That night, Linda sleeps on the top bunk and Janice tosses and turns on the bottom one, unable to sleep. She hears footsteps and looks over to the door. A shadow passes by and slides a note into the room. Janice picks up the note and reads the words, find me. Already, it's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You don't know, but we know. Yeah. She walks into the hallway and looks around, but another note slides over to her from inside the room that Sam told her was going to stay locked. I'd be like, Sister Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or at least wake up my BFF. Yeah, I was like, oh, you come with me. Yeah, yeah I, I don't want to get in trouble by Sister Charlotte. I'm definitely waking up my friend. I'm not yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not doing this shit alone. Absolutely not. Honestly, this is just the first in a long line of bad decisions made by Janice. Yeah. Janice, be fucking up. Like, I, mean, yeah. that's, that's, I don't know any other way to put it. Constantly. Yeah. yeah. But the note reads, in here... After a moment, Janice whispers, asking if Carol or Nancy are inside, but she gets no response. She asks God for forgiveness as she is about to sin as she pushes the door open. Can you do that? I don't know. (laughs) Like a preemptive pardon? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry about this, but I'm, I'm still doing it. See, I wanted to be like, he said it was going to be locked. It's not her fault, but she knew better. She did, but it also but, was not locked. Yeah. it's a, <laughs> Now, whose fault was that? It's like, oops. Yeah. <laughs> it was already open. Yeah. It was like that when I got here. <laughs> but inside is B's room, obviously. Mm-hmm. Her bed, dolls, tea set, all set up. In the middle of the room, something is covered in a sheet. And when Janice removes it, it's a huge, beautiful dollhouse. It's eerily accurate. Yes. Mm -hmm. The lights inside turn on and Janice smiles, playing with the little furniture inside. She opens a closet door next to a doll that looks a lot like B and finds a key inside. She's a fucking detective, though. (laughs) The first thing she touches, she pops open a secret hatch. It's like, well, she's got the touch. (laughs) But she picks up the key and realizes that the dollhouse is a copy of the room that she's standing in. She looks at the wall where the closet is in the dollhouse and finds a hidden keyhole. You know, I'm realizing that we accidentally did a film with hidden doors and yeah. an orphanage situation Holy back shit. to back. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very specific. This is on accident. Yeah. 
And all fairness, Patreon picked the last one. Yes, that yeah. this is not on us. Yeah. No. But Janice slides the key inside and unlocks the hidden room. Inside, the light from the bedroom illuminates Annabelle, sitting alone in the darkness with yellowed Bible pages posted along the inside of the door. So this is where I immediately, even though we don't know the full backstory yet, right. I'm pissed off at the Mullins. Because something is obviously <laughs> very wrong. Yeah. And you're like, let's bring more kids A into this. A lot of kids, yeah. 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 Like, to what live. the fuck? Yeah. But don't go in there. No. <laughs> like, that's gonna, like, they're kids. They're obviously gonna get yeah. in there. That's the thing. That has to be a full conversation or the kids are going to be super oh, curious no, yeah. and they're going to be breaking in immediately. Absolutely. And the door is locked and it stays that <laughs> way. <laughs> that doesn't mean yes, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Sure that's it does. What, yeah. Yeah, that's what you think. Oh, we'll see about that. <laughs> but Janice closes the door and tries to return to the dollhouse but the closet door opens back by itself. Janice closes it again and locks it back with the key. But as she walks away, the door unlocks itself and opens again, revealing Annabelle just sitting in the dark. So all the doll needed was one time to open it? Correct. Because now the lock means nothing. Well, she, she broke well, the seal. Yeah. She oh. broke the seal. And you can see, too, she knew and she fucked up. Mm. Well, oh, yeah. That second time it opened, like, she was like, shit, damn. God damn yeah. I should have minded my own fucking business. Yeah. <laughs> Janice picks up the sheet she took off the dollhouse and throws it over Annabelle. I don't blame her. No. And that made me laugh because the doll is still fresh. It doesn't look evil yet. Yeah. yeah. And this little girl's like, fuck, fuck. that doll. <laughs> <laughs> There's something horribly wrong with that doll. <laughs> but she starts to walk toward the other side of the room, but silently in the darkness of the closet, Annabelle stands still shrouded in the sheet. I thought it looked really good. Yeah. Yeah. These scares again. Yeah. Are really well crafted. Sur yeah. Surprisingly so. This like I feel like my bar and my expectations were so low uh -huh. that at this point I'm like, I'm fucking enjoying this. Yeah. Like this is good. <laughs> and I got a thing about sheet ghosts, man. Yeah. yeah. No, they're, they're really great. cool. Janice looks out the window and sees Sam carrying a lantern walking from his workshop to the house. Now, I don't know if this is a barn slash a workshop. Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Well, I don't think I'm very confused about one thing about this film and we'll meet him later. Okay. But okay. This, isn't, <laughs> it's, this isn't a fucking farm. So I'm very. That's another parallel yeah. from last week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk. What's going on? <laughs> But Sam looks up and sees Janice in the window and quickens his pace. Janice is like, fuck. Yeah. And turns to leave the room, but sees the figure standing in the sheet. She backs away from Annabelle as she comes closer, stepping on the sheet and pulling it further down with each step. This. The tension. Yeah. Yeah. But when the sheet finally falls, there's nothing there. That is a chef's kiss. Yes. From me. Janice rushes from the room just as Sam climbs the stairs to the second floor. She turns to close the door, but it's already shut. Yeah. Yes. There is a moment here because there was something that was supposed to be here, but they decided to cut. Mm -hmm. Okay. But then they left in remnants of it as almost like an Easter egg. Right. But when she turns to leave and she runs out of the room, yeah. you see B behind her and she grabs her by the shoulder. But what happened in the original scene was she grabbed her and she said, hide. And then, oh. uh, why did I get goosebumps? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's when Janice leaves and she turns around and the door shut. Oh, all right. It's m a much more effective sequence with the word hide. Yeah. yeah. But the way it is now, you still see B 
very faintly. Yeah. I think I missed it. It's, it's a blink and you miss yeah, it thing. I, think I, I don't think I saw it. It's very quick, but you still see her reach out and grab yeah. her, but the hide is gone. Huh. Hmm. But I thought with the hide, it was much better. Yeah. yeah. But Janice just rushes to her bedroom and gets into bed. She pretends to be asleep as Sam stands in the doorway to her room. But as she clutches the blanket, she accidentally knocks over her crutch, which clatters to the floor. Sam just stands there for another moment before walking away. Can I ask why He's he like, didn't? Security yeah. scan complete. <laughs> <laughs> he did an ocular pat yeah. down. <laughs> I would think that the crutch falling would make him go into the room. Yeah. Well, yeah. But I'm so confused. Whatever, man. All right. Yeah. He wasn't I, programmed to do that. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be able to sleep again. There's oh, no No, way. hell no. And that's the thing is that it's already at this point where it's been ratcheted up. Yeah. That... Janice, all she should be doing is freaking out from here on out. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, I feel yeah. like the thing with the, for me, the thing with the closet was enough. Yes. And then the sheet in the, are like, you, come on. And then yeah. the door, I'm, I can't, I'm done. No. Like, I don't even have words. Yeah. The and closet would have been enough for me to never want to sleep a night in oh, this house. Oh, yeah. And there's literally no excuse. It's not like this happened in their room and she could excuse it as her having like a, a night terror. No. Yeah, yeah. She fell asleep. No. No. She literally got up. Yeah. No, you experienced this. It yes. happened. But in the closet in B's room, we see that the chair that once held Annabelle is now empty. Every inch of the door and the walls inside the closet is covered in yellowed Bible pages and a cross is on the wall directly behind the chair. The camera flips, turning the closet and the cross upside down. We go into the darkness of the closet and suddenly we're at the bottom of a well looking up at the girls who are looking down into it. Pretty great transition. Solid transition. Yeah. yeah. Much better than a star wipe. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I mean, they could have. Could have done a star yeah. wipe. We'll see. But from up top, Carol says that this is where Sam keeps Mrs. Mullins as they peer into the darkness of the well. I wrote down carol you fool yeah because you literally how how the fuck i'm sorry <laughs> how the fuck is she being kept in a well when you saw her in bed because yeah. <laughs> the well's more fun but we saw her <laughs> never mind uh, say talk, talk that yeah. sass carol <laughs> carol you are a grown woman <laughs> <laughs> But when asked, she confirms that Mrs. Mullins wears a mask that makes her look like a doll. This is all based on the glimpse that she got of Esther, apparently. Nancy calls down to her and they giggle when no one answers. When they pull away from the well, Linda is standing behind them. She says that she thinks Sam seems nice and they tell her to go find Janice to play with. Linda is very sweet because Sam does not seem nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Linda asks if they're trying to get rid of her so that they can talk about boys. And when Kate asks if she wants to talk about boys, Linda's like, ew. She says she wants to play a game and Carol suggests that they play hide and seek. She tells Linda to go hide and then they'll come look for her. Oldest trick in the book. Yeah. But Linda just races off. Nancy asks if they're actually going to look for her and Carol's like, well, I don't know, maybe. Poor Linda, man. Yeah. yeah. She's like, oh, this can be great. <laughs> There was a thing that was cut from here as well, because right here, Carol looks like a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But the thing that was supposed to happen is they were supposed to play a game called Sardines and the game called Sardines. I don't oh know why I said it like a pimp named Slickback. <laughs> you got to say, say the whole, whole thing. thing every time. <laughs> but... <laughs> The game called Sardines. How do you play a game called Sardines? <laughs> Basically what you do 
is when you find the person that's hiding, you join them in hiding. Mm. And so eventually it becomes a bunch of people packed in one hiding spot with one seeker and they're packed like sardines. And so that's why it's a game. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess Sandberg said that it would be too difficult to explain the game called sardines. (laughs) (laughs) And so he just left it at hide and seek because he actually did film a scene where sister Charlotte goes to get a towel and she opens it up and finds everybody but Linda in that cupboard. And so they did actually go and play with her. Okay, I feel like I would have liked that more. (laughs) Instead, they're just like, "Mm, maybe. Fuck off, Linda. (laughs) What the hell? But in the house, Sister Charlotte opens up curtains and sneezes from the dust. Janice tells her, bless you, making her presence known in the doorway. Sister Charlotte tells her that Sam gave them permission to use this room as a classroom. I'm like, how many rooms are in this house? Yeah. I don't know. And what if he said no? Yeah. yeah. We don't get to learn. <laughs> <laughs> she happily asks if Janice wants to help her set it up, but that's not why Janice is here. She has a sin to confess. We cut to them sitting back to back. Janice asking forgiveness for having sinned and admitting that it's been at least two weeks since her last confession. She says that there's a room upstairs that they're not supposed to go into. And Sister Charlotte interrupts, presuming that Janice went into it anyway, because why else would she be confessing? Uh, let her confess. Right? Yeah. Can I finish? <laughs> yeah. Please? Janice continues saying that the door was already open, which didn't make sense because Sam had said that it was going to be locked. She said that inside was a doll and the room was strange and weird things started to happen. Sister Charlotte interrupts, reminding her of what she always tells them. A sin is a sin, no matter the context. And she can absolutely not disobey the Mullins. I understand not disobeying the Mullins. But saying a sin is a sin, no matter the context, that is a bold statement to make. uh, That... Let me not say that. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's how a lot of people look at things. That's rough, dude. My my thing was just that's your takeaway. You're not listening to what she's Thank saying. Oh, that's true. That, too. She's like some weird things started happening. Listen, a sin's a yeah. sin. It's like what weird things? <laughs> These. What do you elaborate on the weird yeah, things? Yeah, I know you are here, but ultimately these kids are in your care. Yes. You're not even listening to what she's trying no. to tell and you. you. It could have been something that happened to her, something, you know, and she's trying to tell you that something. Yeah. It doesn't have to be supernatural. And something weird happened. What yeah. do you mean? What does that mean? And the thing for me is it's very clear that she has a good relationship with Janice. Yeah. yeah. Would she fucking like lie to you? Make up something weird? It seems like you should probably pay attention. She's like, don't be sinning. Like, that's that's it. But Sister Charlotte says that they just got here and that the Mullins are being very generous by letting them live here. She tells her to remember how her breaking the rules affects everyone else. If the Mullins decide that they don't want them to live here, everyone is going to be split up. Janice apologizes and Sister Charlotte gives her forgiveness along with the punishment of one Hail Mary and unpacking three boxes. So, I mean, she has to throw a ball or something. (laughs) As as far as she can. (laughs) No, but (laughs) I feel like... I'm sorry, you're the last person? I know. That's why I didn't say what's born. I just said... I wish that whatever predicament that they're in was a little more fleshed out 
because I feel like on the bus ride over here, Sister Charlotte is like, oh, thank God for them. Like they're they're saving us, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. now they're like, if this doesn't work, we're all split up. What the fuck is going on? Yeah. I don't know. What happened at the orphanage y'all just came from that this is your last, uh, like this is our last chance. Everybody died. I, yeah, so, <laughs> I'm just so confused. There was another haunted doll. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, damn it, not again. Right. A guy, he left his body. He's like, you know. <laughs> But just then Linda opens the door and asks what they're doing. Janice says they're only unpacking boxes and Linda runs off, leaving Sister Charlotte and Janice to look at each other and giggle. Linda's like, fuck that. (laughs) But Linda runs around the house looking for a hiding spot. She starts up the stairs, but sees that the backs of the stairs are like grates instead of solid. This is when she notices a small door leading under the stairs and rushes over to it. Meanwhile, Carol, Nancy, Kate, and Tierney let themselves into Sam's workshop. As the door closes shut, Kate remarks how creepy it is. Nancy is startled by something that turns out to be a scarecrow, and Carol goes over to it, acting as though she heard it say something. When she gets close enough, she pushes it, asking, how dare you, and smiling with the rest of the girls because it was all a gag. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No offense, but her material needs work. (laughs) Everyone laughs except for Nancy, who stares at it nervously. Nancy's like, I've been around for a while. I I don't like the looks of that (laughs) Back at the house, Linda goes into the room under the stairs and holds onto the grate of the stairs, peeking through and giggling. Her triumph, though, is short-lived when she hears something behind her. When she goes further into the small room to investigate, we see that, of course, it's Annabelle. And it is unfortunate because this was a great hiding spot. It was. Yeah. <laughs> Linda was fucking killing it, Yeah, man. she would have won. But Linda slowly approaches her, but the metal on Annabelle's chair scrapes loudly as she's pulled into the darkness. Linda screams and falls backward, opening the door and stumbling out of the small room. Now, there is a blink and you miss it situation here. I probably Mm. missed it again. (laughs) Did I even watch this movie? (laughs) Well, I watched it twice. I watched it once in the daytime and once at night. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when I watched it in the daytime, I missed it. When I watched it at night, I saw it. Behind the chair, you see about adult height level, two white dots. Oh, okay. And you see kind of maybe the suggestion of a face yeah Mm. and then the chair pulls back so for for me it was like the combination of the kind of scares that i like yeah which was that subtle possible thing and the ones that i don't like which was the very loud uh it was loud as fuck music (laughs) you know the stuff that makes you jump just because it's loud yeah but Linda falls out of the room and this is just as the other girls are coming back into the house saying she's not very good at hiding because they found her. See, they're still jerks. She's like yeah. on the floor. <laughs> she, she fucking clearly fell. And she looks horrified. Yeah, she does. Later, Sam fixes the dumbwaiter in Sister Charlotte's room. He tells her it's been neglected, but his repairs should keep the draft from opening it. That was not opened by a fucking draft. Yeah. No. It was ripped open. Yes. She thanks him and he approaches her without saying another word. She looks nervous until he picks up a framed picture next to her bed. Doesn't she take a step back? Yeah. Well, he's like not. He's like. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking Michael Myers. Advancing on her. So weird. But in the photo is a group of nuns and Sister Charlotte explains that this was taken in Romania at a convent. The photo is of her and her three closest friends and Sister Charlotte names them in the photo. Sam moves the picture in the light to reveal another nun hidden in the shadows. Hmm. 
Sam's like, who's that? <laughs> and Sister Charlotte says that she never met her. Sam out of nowhere is like, well, do you need anything else? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, the one prying into her fucking business. He knew that dude. was a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, like, that I'm was dead. like a fucking holographic yeah. <laughs> Pokemon card. <laughs> I, just, I was confused. That was... That, and I did hear on commentary, Sandberg said that he was going, he wanted a more subtle uh, hint at the nun because I mean it's the nun right uh, but... a spoiler alert yeah. well, what? Just <laughs> I was kidding. like is it really <laughs> but he said that whenever he showed it to James Wan James Wan wanted a much more blatant he so whenever he's like who's that <laughs> 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 that's what James Wan wanted and so that way I mean it's it's setting up uh, it, for sure the, yeah which is really fucking funny to me now I will I appreciate this because I like when the universe hints at other things. Yeah. And it's kind of a setup for the next film, which yeah. I think is The Nun. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's also a post credits. Yeah. So it's like. It's like you didn't need to do two. <laughs> <laughs> but after he asks if she needs anything else, Sister Charlotte says no. And he turns to leave. She calls goodnight to him and he turns and stares at her before saying it back and then leaving. <laughs> In the cool girl's bedroom, they sit on one bed, giggling and mooning over pictures of boys. The laughter stops when Sam appears in the doorway, completely silent and still holding the hammer from fixing the dumbwaiter. Did you say mooning over pictures of boys? Yeah. Is that a phrase? Yeah. I thought mooning. What? Not showing their asses. I didn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) I just never heard that said before. Mooning's like, ooh, like like, uh, fawning. Oh, well, that's new to me. That's that's moon to me. (laughs) (laughs) but they all stare at each other for an awkward moment before sam just walks away i was like you look horrifying see and it's so this i don't want to say infuriates me but it's difficult because what he's clearly doing is he's looking at these girls and he's very sad because he's thinking about his daughter of course but what is perceived is this guy's a creep yes (laughs) yeah and then he just leaves and once he's gone the girls just bust out laughing yeah what else can you do i'm sorry but he fucking heard them laughing oh Oh, no it was was very loud he just left (laughs) (laughs) that's borderline kick them out behavior (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for laughing at you once exactly get the fuck yeah, out of I'm, my house i'm not gonna be embarrassed in my own fucking house <laughs> that night carol and nancy sit under a sheet with a flashlight telling a scary story it's about mrs mullins she can only wander the house at night to feed and they say that if you look directly at her you die so she keeps saying your name over and over and over until you can't stand it and you look at her look i'm all for creativity this is very insensitive. <laughs> you guys are being fucking rude. Yeah. Fucking Mr. Mullins is right outside yeah. the door. That's it. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my house. Embarrassing me last night and then now this sh- <laughs> Carol teases Nancy, saying her name over and over again. And when their giggles get too loud, they pop their heads out of the sheet to make sure no one's there. But Kate and Tierney are both asleep in their beds. They go back under the sheet and continue to giggle, but they stop when they hear a bell. Carol jokes that Mrs. Mullins is ready to feed and they both admit that they're supposed to be in bed and chastise each other. But when the bell continues to ring, they ask why Sam hasn't tended to her. Isn't it funny that they're like, now we're supposed to be sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) We are breaking the rules, but uh, it's been a lot of fun. (laughs) The bell continues with nothing but blackness in the doorway and their flashlight flickers and goes out through the sheet. They see a shrouded silhouette come toward them ringing the bell 
Scared now, they both cover their eyes, but the figure gets closer. Carol gathers the courage to look and says that she's gone now. She and Nancy both uncover their faces, and there's a brief moment of relief before a hand reaches from under the sheet and grabs Carol's face. We get a brief glimpse of someone wearing a doll-like mask before Kate turns on the light and there is nothing there. This person is credited as Evil Mullins slash Demon Hands, (laughs) and they're played by Alicia Vela Bailey. I looked on IMDb because I was curious, and I did see that she also played Diana in Lights Out, the monster. Oh, well... So he, right. again, he's reusing people. Flanagan style, yeah. man. Yeah, we love to see it. Yes. And she, in a ton of deleted scenes, she popped up way more in the film, mm-hmm. but they don't really use her. I'd be mad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think they, uh, not giving anything away, but I think they really wanted to do more with that scarecrow, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk about one scene that's kind of a bummer, but we'll get oh, there. Oh, no. Okay. But Carol and Nancy scream, causing Sister Charlotte to come into the room. They say that she was in here standing right over there. And Sam comes into the room like, who? It's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Sister Charlotte tells him they were talking about his wife, but he says that's impossible. She hasn't been able to walk in years. It's like, bitch, yeah, it's it's like, be cool. <laughs> we're not supposed to be awake. No, we're being loud as fuck. It's like, dude, what the fuck? Don't be snitching all the way. No, it's like, look, we were scared by your wife. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, when you think about it, they told Annabelle exactly what would scare them. Yeah. They created a tulpa. They yeah. did. They did. Uh, also, I think, if I'm not mistaken, this was the night that Sister Charlotte was supposed to see her son for the first time. Oh. And so I think that was why she was so readily awake, because she just got scared, too. Damn. I, I yeah. wish they would have included that. Yeah, because it really fleshes out the character more. Yeah. Yeah. I think this scare was uh, she heard something under her bed, and so she shined a flashlight. And when the light hit the wall, you see a child, like, clawing under ice. Oh, trying to get out and it was effective that's fucking terrifying but the thing is is in a lot of these movies people see shit like that and then they they're like why are you guys screaming like they run to the bedroom like they didn't just fucking see shit like that (laughs) so it's like yeah i don't know and i mean i think in all fairness i mean the film's long enough yeah Yeah, it is so maybe that's why they it is chop some things but as if to prove that it wasn't esther in the room her bell starts to ring from elsewhere in the house Sam leaves to tend to his wife, and as he goes down the hall, Janice comes out of her room and looks after him. The next morning, Linda, Kate, and Tierney run around and play with Sister Charlotte, but Carol, Nancy, and Janice sit quietly. Janice asks if Nancy is okay, but before she can answer, they're distracted by Sam starting up his truck and just driving away. He drives away <laughs> aggressively. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't get this. He's kicking up dust like psycho. Like it's, it's a lot, man. Janice asks if they really did see Mrs. Mullins last night, and Nancy swears that they did. But before she can go into further detail, Carol stops her. She tells Nancy that they just scared themselves. Later in the house, Sister Charlotte hesitates before knocking on the Mullins' bedroom door. But when a bell rings inside, she lets herself in. From behind her canopy in the bed, Esther asks for a glass of water and Sister Charlotte goes to get it for her. As they begin to talk, Janice quietly walks up to the door to eavesdrop. 
Esther tells sister, like, didn't you just, weren't you just throwing <laughs> passes? Would you apologize for that? Yeah, everybody was. <laughs> she was at dinner when Carol was told to mind your yeah. own business. <laughs> She's like, no, I'm not going to, though. Yeah. I'm not going to. She was do that. Uh, talking to Carol, so. <laughs> <laughs> but Esther tells Sister Charlotte that they can stay for as long as they like, and it's nice to have life in the house again after being cooped up here for so long. Sister Charlotte comments on a framed photo of B on the nightstand, and Esther says that she was taken from them at an early age. Sister Charlotte struggles with something to say, but Esther just asks that she turn away for a moment. I feel like her going through this thing that we never talk about actually in the film makes sense why she's at, kind of at a loss for words. Yeah. yeah. I think this is the scene that she was going to tell her. Hmm, that would make That All would right. make sense. But Sister Charlotte does turn away like she's asked to and begins to offer words of comfort for Esther's loss. But she accidentally sees Esther's reflection in a small mirror as she reaches out of the canopy to get her water. She is wearing a mask that looks like a smooth doll's face. Sister Charlotte tells her that B is waiting for her in heaven and Esther places the half mask she was wearing on the nightstand and says that she wishes that were true. I actually liked the aesthetic of the mask. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it. I don't know. It's kind of maybe Phantom of the Opera vibes. I, I yeah. was saying it, uh, it's giving Phantom of the Opera. 100%. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, then that's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love that for them. <laughs> yes. But Janice closes the door silently and sneaks away, only to notice a framed photo on the wall of B sitting on a couch next to Annabelle. She just fucking takes the photo off the wall and yeah. takes it with her. Now you're stealing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's one of the big 10. I don't... <laughs> That night, she sits on her bed staring at it. She tries to hide it under the blankets, but she notices in the shadow of the blanket that B's eyes in the photo glow brightly. She takes it out from the blanket and it looks normal, but when she puts it back into the shadow, the lights are on her eyes again. So this is very lights out. Yeah. Now yeah. that I'm remembering it, the same with the subtle demon or whatever we saw yeah. <laughs> earlier. Subtle demon, okay. yes. Right. Funny enough, my youngest daughter, her picture does the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think we might be in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to head out. <laughs> you Are My Sunshine starts to play on a gramophone and distracts Janice. She follows the sound of the music back to B's bedroom, you know, because she doesn't learn. No. Yeah. She's already stealing pictures. Yeah. Right. <laughs> she goes inside and shuts off the gramophone, but Linda follows in after her. Janice tells Linda that she shouldn't be here, and Linda reminds her that she's not supposed to be here either. Fair point. Yeah. Linda eyes Annabelle, who sits on B's bed before picking up a kaleidoscope and looking through it at Janice. Was Annabelle sat on the bed like, if she sees you, she'll make me kill you? Yeah. <laughs> like, it was, it, there's even a dollhouse there. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I yeah. was like, I just seen this movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she asks whose room this is, and Janice tells her that the Mullins had a daughter, but she thinks that she died. Linda abandons the kaleidoscope in favor of a toy gun. Janice says that she thinks their daughter was the one playing the music. The gun goes off in Linda's hand, a toy like ball bullet mm -hmm. shooting out and hitting Annabelle in the head. Mm, that's <laughs> not going to be. No, yeah. you're going to pay for that later. <laughs> Linda accuses Janice of trying to scare her, but she denies it. Winding the gun up again, Linda proposes that they leave, but they both notice that Annabelle has turned her head looking toward them. Linda says that they should leave now, but Janice is like, in a minute. Linda's like, bye, bitch, and takes off. Yeah, she knew better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh -uh. In a minute. Dude, look, I know that you're a child, but this is bonehead behavior. Yeah, yeah it is. 
yeah. bone at me. I'm gonna close the door behind me. You yeah, can yeah. hang I out. I just yeah. I love Deal Linda. With it. Yeah. She's like, oh, okay, stay if you want yeah. to. She's like, I'm out, and she takes the gun with her. <laughs> <laughs> she does. Dude, well, won't Mr. Mullins know that that was from his daughter's room? Yeah. They mean, are just <laughs> not. No, <laughs> they're not thinking toward the future. This is unbelievable. But Janice goes to B's nightstand and picks up her diary. She flips through the diary, flipping past multiple empty pages before coming to one with only one sentence. Dear diary, today I came home. Why'd she skip so many pages? Man? <laughs> <laughs> the door to B's room slams shut and Janice finally sets the diary back down. When she turns around, I called them Punch and Judy puppets. I'm assuming that that's what they are. They looked like it. Okay. But the Punch and Judy puppets are in a little puppet theater in the room and they start moving on their own with their bells jingling. I just want to say whatever these haunted puppets are. Mm. Yes. I do prefer puppet history. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Whatever this show is. I heard on commentary and it kind of blew my mind. He said that they weren't allowed to just have anybody operate these puppets. What? He said that because of the production they had to get Screen Actors Guild puppeteers for this like five second thing because otherwise they'd be violating SAG. What the fuck? That is so random and weird. Isn't it? I was like, is that that deep? Yeah. (laughs) Apparently. I love unions, but that just surprised the shit out of me. Well, good for them. Yeah. But the puppets turn to look at her and Janice asks who's doing this. She grabs the punch puppet and the Judy puppet falls onto the floor. There's nothing holding them up. And when she moves the curtain behind them, there is nothing but a wall behind the little theater. This is like super fucking creepy. Oh, yeah. Behind her, the lights of the dollhouse click on. She goes to investigate and notices a doll that looks like B. There's movement behind the dollhouse. And when Janice stands up to look over it, B is standing there. She turns away from Janice, goes over to the window and begins tapping on it. Janice starts toward her, asking if she's the Mullins' daughter, and with her back still turned, B asks, will you help me? Janice asks what she needs, and for a moment, B says nothing. She continues to tap her finger, and we see her expressionless face reflected in the mirror. Suddenly, her face morphs into a demonic version of itself as she turns and says in a deep, terrifying voice, your soul. (laughs) I'm not ashamed to admit I got the shit scared out of me. <laughs> like, uh, this genuinely scared the fuck out of me. And I knew something was coming. Right. Yeah, but still. I think I put in the group chat, well, I just got the shit scared out that of me. Was that? Yeah, that was this, because I was not I was not expecting it. <laughs> I was expecting something. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. And it, it fucking scared me. No, it's out of the blue. Yeah. I did hear that the director wasn't satisfied with it. Really? Well, it was effective. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just say. I enjoyed it. He Now, I don't agree with this because it sounds a little bit like another film that came out last year. Maybe this year. I don't know. Time is weird. Uh-huh. But he said that what he wanted was for her hair to part and the demon to come, be at the back of her head. <laughs> oh, and I was wow. like, I think this is yeah. fine. <laughs> Let's not do that Let's, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not. <laughs> It just seemed like a lot, but I feel like <laughs> turning around is way scarier. Yeah. No, this it, it scared the shit out of me. Yeah. yeah. But Janice turns to run, but she falls and long demonic fingers grab onto her leg and pull her as she scratches into the floor. She pulls herself away, but there are bloody scratches on the back of her leg. The demon fingers flex in the background as Janice is finally able to get the door open and stumble into the hallway. She starts for her room, but the door slams shut. She runs down the hall, screaming for Sister Charlotte, but every door she passes slams shut. 
The lights all turn off, leaving the hallway in pitch blackness. Janice sits down in the lift chair and tries to send it down the stairs, but it doesn't move. She watches in horror as the door opens and a black cloud pours out of it, turning everything pitch black and making it impossible to see. I enjoy this visual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It made me think of 1999 House on Haunted Hill. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which I love. I'm so like, I where can't... is Chris Kattan? <laughs> <laughs> he gets the machine to work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Janice finally remembers to buckle in and send the chair down the stairs. It goes down slowly, but stops before she reaches the bottom and starts to go back up, despite her pressing the switch for it to go down. I thought that what was going to happen was she was going to make it down but the demon was going to be at the bottom. Yeah. yeah. Like super fun, happy slide. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh-uh-uh. No, come, come, come on back. back. As the chair continues moving up, Janice tries to hold on to the banister post, but it breaks off. That's going to cost you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sam is fucking pissed. <laughs> she comes around to the landing and B is standing at the top of the stairs, shrouded in darkness and looking demonic. Janice screams. She frantically tries to switch again. And when she looks back up, B is gone. When the chair finally stops, everything is quiet. Even the tense music has stopped. She sits in silence for a moment before being launched upward out of the chair. <laughs> she like, can fly. Yeah, like, That's awesome. <laughs> like in the cartoons when it's like the eject button and they just fucking yeah. fly up. That's what it looks like. Well, did Mr. Mullins tell her about that button on the... The Acme yeah. button. Yeah. The- <laughs> <laughs> she made the chair. <laughs> but Janice flies out of sight and screams. We see the rest of the girls asleep in their beds, completely oblivious. Janice's boot from her brace falls onto the first floor and Janice falls after it, slamming against the floor with blood on her face. She like she kind of checks herself on the boot. Yeah. Like <laughs> that must have knocked all the yeah. air. <laughs> That's really bad. But I really I could not have predicted that she would have been shot up in the air. Yeah. No. I thought she was going to get dragged into maybe back into B's room. Yeah. Something. Something. Yeah. But I, my money was yeah. not on. <laughs> no. No, that was quite a bit. But in the morning, we see Sam's truck returning to his house. He arrives with Sister Charlotte and Janice, and Janice is in a wheelchair. The girls are waiting, and Linda asks how Janice is feeling, but she doesn't answer her. Sam wheels her over to the house and Sister Charlotte tells them that Janice is feeling really down right now and they all need to do whatever they can to support her. Linda asks if Janice will be able to walk again and Sister Charlotte says they just need to wait and see. <laughs> like, okay. Wow. <laughs> Inside, Sister Charlotte sets up a couch for Janice on the ground floor, saying that what she really needs is rest. Janice says that they can't stay here and they need to leave now. But Sister Charlotte says they don't have anywhere else to go. Again, for this to be acceptable to me, I need to really understand the situation more. Because it was Janice like, listen, I saw a fucking demon. Uh Look at the back of my leg. I was launched up by the fucking Acme chair. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Did she really tell them what happened? And Sister Charlotte's still like, sorry, man. Yeah. Like... I, I, she must not have. I mean, maybe she started and she was like, look, a sin is a sin. Yeah. <laughs> Janice tells her that Sister Charlotte always says that even though we can't see God, we can feel his presence. Here in this house, she feels an evil presence and it's coming after her and her soul. When Sister Charlotte asks about this, Janice explains that it's coming after her because she's the weakest. Sister Charlotte says that the devil pursues those who are weak in faith, not weak in flesh and bone. In that regard, she says, Janice is just as strong as any of them, if not stronger. 
Janice begins to cry and does not reply. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. Yeah. No. Because uh, well, they always break down the person they're waiting to like infest. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? With the cuts and the scratches and the throwing up on them. Why do they got to throw up on them? I don't, I don't know. know. Man. I mean, it's like maybe it's a kink thing. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, so you're saying <laughs> the demons hope, are getting yeah. off on this? I mean, th- aren't they all about like do what you want? I, that's a pretty good mantra yeah. <laughs> I might be isn't on board that, with the demons isn't that the demon code yeah, yeah I guess so come on don't do that man. no, no. Yeah. and honestly I mean if it only attacked those weak in faith I would be fucking dealing with demons all maybe the, you are but you time. don't believe in them so. oh so they're just like oh. hey yeah. <laughs> he's ignoring us again yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like vacuuming yeah. this oblivion yeah. this guy's an asshole <laughs> let's try someone weaker this is bullshit <laughs> But I did, I, I I really appreciate what Sister Charlotte is trying to say. Right. Because that kind of, I mean, it's another good, sincere moment between the two of them. Right. Yeah. But at the same time saying that, Janice should be like, well, then why is it fucking with me the most? Yeah. yeah. If I'm the strongest. Yeah. yeah. That's what always scared me when I was a kid because I remember we watched that movie Stigmata uh-huh. and they were like, it's the people who are like purist or whatever. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I just started <laughs> breaking shit and stealing. And- That's why I am who I am today. <laughs> this is of, my fucking reward, Because dude? of what? The 1999 film Stigmata? <laughs> <laughs> That night, Sam sits next to his and Esther's bed and whittles across. When Esther points out how quiet he's been, which I don't really see a difference, but (laughs) he admits to her that he thinks it was a mistake to bring the girls here. He proposes that maybe Janice didn't fall. Maybe. But Esther interrupts him and says that it was just an accident and accidents happen. So again, this kind of bothers me a lot Mm -hmm. because what we learn later. Uh Yeah. I mean, really? It, hey, you know, I think it might be. No, nah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she turns toward him, half of her face obscured by the doll mask, and says it's been quiet here for 12 years. They need to embrace having the girls around instead of frightening them away. Now, again, this is fine until we get more story later. Yeah. And, then, and then it doesn't make sense. As Janice lays on the couch, Linda sits next to her, saying that she hopes she gets better soon. But Janice says that she's not getting better and no one will adopt her now because she'll only be a burden. Cradling her doll and with tears in her eyes, Linda reminds her that they promised to stay together. Janice takes back her promise and Linda says that maybe she won't get adopted. Janice takes her hand and says that Linda will get adopted because she's special. She's going to have a wonderful family and have so many dolls she won't even be able to name all of them. But Linda says that she will. They'll be named Janice 1, Janice 2, Janice 3. That's a little obsessive. (laughs) (laughs) She's mooning over Janice. (laughs) I know what that means now. (laughs) But I was like, oh, I I love Linda. But they're kids, you know what I mean? She's so sweet. Uh, That's sweet, but I mean... That's borderline. Yeah. Like, best I think that's serial killer You're behavior. Like, I, I have boundaries, Linda. And yeah. this is violating like you can, those you can name one doll Janice. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's getting out of hand. Don't have any other friends? She doesn't. <laughs> she does, though. I mean, she knows those girls. <laughs> <laughs> she knows them. They're fucking mean to her. That's fair. But Sister Charlotte calls Linda to bed. But Linda doesn't want to go and sleep alone. Janice gives her her doll, Becca, saying that now she won't be alone. Janice will be with her. 
In response to this, Linda gives Janice sweet Sue and Janice cradles the doll. She reminisces about how they used to sneak around the old orphanage at night and eat all the chocolate in the pantry, making Father Massey convinced that they had mice. The two of them joke about Father Massey asking the Lord to cleanse them of sin in the house of mice. It's like you, you made him think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that your home was in so okay did that moment work for you guys i thought it's they have to have something dude to call back on all right (laughs) (laughs) i look i know that they need to have like a because they haven't really touched on their friendship like their bff right right ness in a bit and so having this moment of them two together after what just happened to janice Uh it makes sense but I felt like the impression was a bit much. Yeah. Of all these yeah. mice. Yeah. And they, and they joined in together. Yeah. Like they rehearsed it. I, I feel like it was presented that they've joked about this before. Like we have to have something that bonds them together of them getting up to shenanigans, but nothing too bad. Something yeah. cute. I, I, it, it is what it is like it works for what that's it is. what i took it it just it was something that they were doing but it wasn't that big it was just cookies yeah, they were just yeah eating cookies. chocolate our chocolate whatever yeah. it was like they were sneaking food i will say chocolate's one of the worst things you can eat at night to wake up with morning breath so <laughs> uh, i think they were punished enough <laughs> <laughs> that's your punishment right. yes <laughs> And they had to throw one ball <laughs> as hard as, as, they, hard could. as they could. <laughs> but they stop laughing and Janice tells Linda that nothing can erase all the memories that they have together. They tell each other goodnight and Linda heads off to bed. So it ends very sweetly. Yes. Yeah. Even if I didn't like the impression, <laughs> I feel like their friendship is very it's the dolls the switching yeah the where you can have something of mine or something of yours that's very sweet it is and again i care yeah yeah when she gets upstairs though linda sees that there's a light coming from under the door of b's room linda slowly goes over it pressing her ear against it and then peeking through the keyhole to see annabelle doing her favorite thing and rocking slowly in a rocking chair (laughs) i i was gonna say nothing (laughs) (laughs) you just heard your buddy talk about this room yes yeah what the fuck are you doing there is no reason yeah and you saw the room earlier yeah Yeah. (laughs) and was like we shouldn't be here yeah yeah Uh uh-uh linda opens the door to find the rocking chair sitting in the middle of the room completely empty She slams the door back shut. Later, she sits in a chair in her bedroom with the light on. She holds the toy gun that she took from B's room and shoots it off into the darkness of the hallway. As she winds the gun back up, the ball is on a string and is pulled back over to her. She shoots the ball off again, but when she winds it back up, it gets stuck and the ball doesn't come back. Instead, the string attaching the ball to the gun begins to lift upward. Linda's eyes widen in fear as she follows the string. It's like the mist. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as her eyes follow the string. Not her. No. <laughs> yeah, she, she glides. <laughs> but finally, once it can't go any higher, the gun is yanked away from her and into the hallway. She stands, staring into the darkness outside her door, and we finally hear the sound of footsteps pounding toward her. I got to tell you, the sound design in that section. Oh, yeah. 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 Like, so good. Yeah. Again, you don't see anything. No. This is, that's scary. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She screams and climbs up to her bunk, throwing the blanket over her head. But the footsteps stop and the light turns off. 
Linda looks down from her bunk onto the floor and sees black inky footsteps leading from the hallway to Janice's bed under hers. She peeks through the crack in the bed and sees Annabelle looking up at her, but demonic fingers grab Annabelle by the face and snatch her out of view. I think I might explode. <laughs> like I don't, but, um, I can't process. Yeah, I don't this. think I can handle yeah. that. Night turns to day, and Linda wakes up in her bed. <laughs> How did you out. sleep? <laughs> yeah, no shit. Her brain is like absolutely oh. <laughs> not, and just shuts off. But she gasps as she immediately remembers what happened the night before. She looks down at Janice's bed to find it empty but unmade. Were those dirty ass footprints gone? I didn't see them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. So it's like just enough to make you maybe think that you dreamed it. Yeah. Right. So we don't ever fi- find out this demon's name in this movie, do we? No. no. Because Joseph I was... Bashar. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was telling your sister, so this demon has human feet. Right. You know what I mean? Because in other movies, they're like the hooves. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But this one is just like, hey, I'm, I'm tap dancing. And it's like, all right. Yeah. We gotta sure. let's we gotta check the doll's feet. I think is what because <laughs> if how sculpted sculpted <laughs> how well did he sculpt them? Because is it supposed to be that we're thinking the doll walked in and then the demons like part of the doll? Or are we supposed to think that the demon walked in? Because I like my demons hoovy. I, I yeah. gotta be honest with you, I don't know, but they looked bigger than a doll's foot. Fair. Annabelle is whatever the fuck Annabelle is, but she's still the size of a doll. She's small. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever... Does she have legs? Like, she's always in that gown? I think so. Uh, we They never talk about it. I mean, Mullen's had all those legs and feet hanging out, so I guess she does, but I've never seen her feet. (laughs) His design processes. (laughs) (laughs) Have you checked WikiFeet? Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) It's the only way to know for sure. Yes. Outside, Sister Charlotte wheels Janice into the sunshine, telling her it'll do some good, but Janice says that sunlight can't fix what's wrong with her, and she's not wrong. Very cynical. Well, I mean, she's being haunted. (laughs) She's being terrorized. Don't demons hate vitamin D? (laughs) Sister Charlotte tells her not to give up hope. Hope is a home unto itself, and dwelling inside it will protect and keep her. Janice asks what book of the Bible that's from, and Sister Charlotte replies it's from the book of Charlotte, but that doesn't make it any less true. I thought that was very sweet, but I I thought Janice asked very meanly. So where the fuck did you get that (laughs) (laughs) shit? The bell rings inside, and she asks if Janice will be all right here by herself. Janice finally smiles and admits that the sunlight actually does feel nice, and Sister Charlotte heads inside. Janice looks over at the rest of the girls who are hanging laundry nearby before closing her eyes and enjoying the sunlight. I was very glad to see the other girls there. Yeah. yeah. Because I was like, is Sister Charlotte really Just leaving, leaving her, her alone? Her yeah. Like, dude. I thought the same thing. Suddenly, though, something invisible knocks into the back of her chair, scaring her. Someone grabs onto her chair, seemingly in Sister Charlotte's uniform, and begins wheeling her heart. Is it? It's a habit. Isn't <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I think they call it a habit. No, as I was talking, I was like, it's not a uniform. God's uniform. I don't know. <laughs> but you assume it's Sister Charlotte because it's a habit. Because it's yeah. a non uniform. Right. Non uniform. <laughs> <laughs> but she wheels her quickly and harshly over to the workshop slash barn. I love the shot of the face of the person 
obstructed by the sun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right here. She calls out to Sister Charlotte, but one quick look at the ghostly hands on the chair and the shrouded, shadowed head tells her that she is not being pushed by Sister Charlotte. Yeah. Very cool looking. The thing pushes her into the workshop and harshly launches her from the chair. Janice hits the ground and a hard table. Like, she gets fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) They were not that far to not hear her scream and see that. That's true, too. Was that in your notes? No. (laughs) She gets fucked up. She did. I did want to point out, because they had the event whenever she gets launched into the ceiling and onto her boot. Yeah. Um, They had said that they had taken shots of the girls sleeping in bed to kind of demonstrate that whatever's happening to Janice is kind of taking place outside of reality. Well, yeah, because oh, they, yeah. they were still sleeping. Right, yeah. and she was screaming her head off. Yeah. Right? And so I, I think that might be why the, the girls didn't hear her then. All I, right. Personally, I still think that they should have heard her. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't know that anyone, like, that's some powerful... She's like, Whoa! Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> because in any other one, they still hear you. Yeah. They're just like, hey, what's happening? They yeah. Just, they yeah. just don't believe yeah. you. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Janice tries to crawl away, but her wheelchair is thrown back into the room, scaring her. A dresser on the other side of the shed begins to shake with someone hitting the doors from the inside. And Janice crawls into a crawl space to get away from it. And the, all this, like there's stuff falling on the floor, like whipping around. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. The floorboards creak above her and she tries to remain silent in her fear. Footsteps send dust down on her and suddenly B, looking dead and demonic, comes crawling from the other side of the crawl space. She crawls quickly and gets on top of Janice as Janice screams, demon B, projectile vomits blackness down her throat. Is there a way to possess a person that isn't fucking gross? I wish. I wish. Because <laughs> I, re- I remember in The Conjuring, Bathsheba was like, Bleh. Yeah. And it's um, like, come on, man. In Prince of Darkness. Yeah. I'm just really like, can we stop throwing up in each other's mouths? Like, if yeah, we could would, stop that, that'd be awesome. <laughs> you want to hear something ridiculous? Is that Sandberg had initially, he wanted to do this practically. Yeah. And the studio Ew. was like, the studio said, we're not going to let kids puke into each other's <laughs> mouths. <Yeah. laughs> like, I, I don't know what you think warner brothers is about <laughs> for once the studio got it right. yes yeah. and so that is cg it That's, looks good it no, looks yeah. really good that is fucking disgusting yeah, i was like dude come on i've been on your side for a lot yeah. of this <laughs> but the rest of the girls outside finally hear janice screaming and look over to the workshop sister charlotte runs outside and she and linda run to the door struggling to get it open when they finally get inside janice sits in her wheelchair saying that she couldn't get out Sister Charlotte asks if she's okay, and Janice turns to look at them. Her face is very pale, Mm -hmm. but she smiles and says that she's fine. Linda, though, takes a few steps back. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's like, oh, you're a ghost. (laughs) She knows her friend. Yeah. Yeah. That night, Linda sits with Nancy, Kate, and Tierney and says that she's worried about Janice. She says that Janice wanted to leave a few nights ago because she thought that the Mullins' daughter was coming after her. It's news to the other girls that the Mullins ever even had a daughter. And when Linda says that she passed away a long time ago, they ask if Janice has been seeing ghosts. They hear Esther's bell and Nancy cautions everyone to keep their voice down. Linda finally answers that Janice has been seeing ghosts, but she reminds Nancy that she saw some freaky shit too. Mm -hmm. Nancy says that she didn't see a ghost. A ghost can only be a dead person. 
Kate says that this doesn't explain anything unless what they saw really was Mrs. Mullins. But Linda says it could have been something else trying to scare them. And in all fairness, the mask didn't match. No. Yeah. So it that didn't. could yeah. have been yeah. maybe some other lady died with a mask. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. No. We're new we year. Just rocked up. <laughs> <laughs> Carol, though, comes in and says that they're doing a good job of scaring themselves all on their own. She tells Linda that Janice is just looking for ways to justify the fact that they treat her differently. I was like, you're a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> See, they've made her irredeemable. Yes. Yeah. And then what she does next is even she's worse. she's like, oh, because we do treat her differently. Yeah. <laughs> we it's all like, know. That. Yeah. But when Linda doesn't agree, Carol's like, oh, you'll understand when you're older. Now go to bed. Yeah. First of all, I'm sorry. If I'm Linda, I'm not sleeping in that room. Alone. Yeah. Hell no. Especially alone. <laughs> ever, yeah. ever again. I'll sleep on the floor. Yeah. I'll no. curl up like a dog at the... Hey, me and the five-year-old can share the bed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah no. What the fuck? Scoot over. You're yeah. tiny, too. <laughs> I just... You're tiny, too. <laughs> I just don't get that. And the fact that she these girls don't run anything no. yeah. just because they're 30 doesn't mean that <laughs> <laughs> but linda looks back at the other girls and they say nothing to defend her and she just leaves we get a nice outside transition shot from night to morning and linda sits alone on the porch and looks on edge when she hears footsteps approaching sam comes around the corner with a cross in his hand when Linda's eyes drift to it, he's like, do you like it? And she's like, it's nice. He's like, well, it's not my finest work. Okay. Like, yeah. What do you want from me? Then, yeah. then I fucking hate it. Yeah, no, like, we were just talking about the Japanese urban legend where it's like, am I pretty? <laughs> no. And then she kills you. Yes. And then she kills you. There was no right answer. No, there was not. Do you like my cross? No. Well, well fuck, fuck you. you. Get out of my You're all banned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But he sits down and tells her that she seems like something is wrong. He offers help, but she says that she doesn't think he can help her. Sam tells her that sometimes talking about what's bothering us is all the help we need. I was like, this is very human for you. Like, I'm yeah. I'm impressed. He had a system update last night. <laughs> <laughs> Linda opens up that Janice has been acting strangely. She even tells Sam that Janice says that she's seen his daughter. Sam evenly tells her that his daughter has been dead for a long time. Linda confesses that Janice went into his daughter's room, even though she knew she wasn't supposed to and found a doll. Sam is like, what doll? Yeah. He's no longer <laughs> chill. Well, I mean, my thing is that, especially with what we learn later, mm -hmm. he knows exactly what, what doll. Yeah. yeah. And he, again, um, well, she's been dead for, dude, we, you fucking know all yeah. this shit. Yeah. You're bearing the lead. I'm yeah. I'm mad. I'm mad at them. But Linda says that the doll was wearing a white dress. Sam jumps. To, she's like real fucked up face. <laughs> yeah. Scary from jump. <laughs> Sam jumps to his feet and says that it's impossible because that doll has been hidden away and Janice mustn't go near it. It's like she already did. Are you listening? Yeah. Dude? yeah. yeah. Did you hear what? Yeah. She's it's been <laughs> it's been done. Yeah. It's already ruined her life, dude. Right. But then he just leaves, heading back inside and leaving Linda alone on the porch. Sam slowly walks through the house, holding his cross in front of him. I was like, well, that's convenient that yeah. you were walking around carrying a cross. <laughs> we hear Janice humming further in the house, but Sam stops to look into the dining room. Sitting at the head of the table like this bitch has any right to be there is Annabelle. Yeah. <laughs> Sam sighs deeply and approaches the doll. As he gets closer, we see that next to her on the table is a small folded scrap of paper. Still gripping the cross with one hand, Sam picks it up and reads it. Found you. 
the message that he wrote for B all those years ago. He looks at it like you motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to do that. No, it's a little that's below the belt. But I guess demons don't abide by that. <laughs> they don't care. They're really rude. Mm-hmm. Behind him, Janice stands in the doorway and he immediately says that he told her not to go in that room. Janice stands there ominously before singing, please don't take my sunshine away and stepping backwards into the hallway. Don't forget, she's in a wheelchair. She can't walk. Exactly. But when she does this, the hall becomes thick and dark with shadows and Janice is enveloped in them and visible in the darkness except for two bright spots where her eyes were. The eyes go up higher as we hear growling and the sound of bones breaking and reforming. Not only terrifying. Yes. Oh, yeah. But brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. It is a great, great scare. It is. Sam holds the cross out and bravely steps to whatever is now in the hallway. He begins to strain, clearly pained as we see his fingers breaking. They bend completely backwards one by one, causing the cross to fall from his hand. We zoom in tight on Annabelle's staring face as we hear bones continue to break and Sam continue to groan. They said that the original plan was for the demon to like almost like a demon POV. Right. To just swoop on him. Mm -hmm. But they came up with this idea with the fingers and the cross two days before they filmed it. Oh, Oh, shit. And (laughs) it is. It's a lot. Oh, yeah. It works. It looks crazy. It does. Like it's a lot. But outside all the girls minus Janet return with sister Charlotte and some groceries. They stop unloading the bags when they hear Sam screaming inside. After telling the girls to stay out here, sister Charlotte goes in to investigate. She goes in calling out for Sam, but gasps in horror when she finally finds him in the dining room. Sam is sprawled out on the floor, his bones broken, his skin ashen, and his eyes rolled up to the top of their sockets. So, I mean, when you when you really think about it, Annabelle, is, she's worthless. Yeah. <laughs> no, she was just sitting there. Like, she, she's just a, di- a diversion. Yeah. yeah. Like, she's kind of like the Don, and she just outsources these crimes to <laughs> yeah. other. Like. She is. She's a figurehead. That's yeah. It. Yeah. Is that what that is? I guess so. I thought the demon needed her to, like, be here, so... The demon could be here. Well, he does, but I, I mean, guess, yeah, because they say been she's anyone. a conduit or yeah. whatever. But it's like, pff, shut up, <laughs> 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 bitch, you ain't special. <laughs> <laughs> but we cut to a car driving away from the home at night. I was like, is that a hearse? Is that an ambulance? Yeah. Like, what's going on? And then, I mean, spoiler alert, but they mentioned later he's just fucking dead. Yeah. yeah, I was like, so he died off screen, and then we just find him, and now he's just gone. Yeah, I was, um, I was shocked. Yeah, I mean... I mean, he looked dead. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. being... <laughs> I was like, you're making it like he was like, how? Yeah. And then he died later. No, but- I was like, nah, he's clearly... His skin yeah, is gray. <laughs> you described him as ashen, I believe. <laughs> I'm just saying, and part of my mind was like, oh, he's going to the hospital or whatever, but... <laughs> what part? Yeah. The dumb part. <laughs> <laughs> The part that can't read the room. (laughs) But everyone stands outside and Sister Charlotte tells the girls to go get ready for bed while she speaks with Mrs. Mullins. Everyone listens to her and heads inside except for Linda, who stares to the other side of the porch. We see that Janice is sitting there in her wheelchair with Annabelle on her lap. It is Bathsheba energy. Yeah, it is. it is. It's almost like exactly like it's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. I said a second yeah. ago. <laughs> 
Her face is shrouded in the shadows, but she's turned to look at Linda. When Linda finally heads inside, Janice faces forward. That night, Janice sleeps on the downstairs couch with Annabelle sitting next to her. Linda quietly approaches her and grabs Annabelle up from the couch. When she does, Janice stirs in her sleep but doesn't wake up. Janice cautiously holds Annabelle away from her as she backs out of the room. She takes a lantern and a box of matches and walks away. In her room, Sister Charlotte brushes her teeth but notices Linda out the window. She holds Annabelle and a lit lantern and just fucking runs out of sight. (laughs) When we go back to Linda, she's kind of far from the house and walking further. I was like, God damn. (laughs) She hears heavy footsteps behind her, but when she turns, no one is there. Linda runs the rest of the way to the well and sets Annabelle down to pull the lid off. When I thought she was going to come back and Annabelle was going to be gone. Yeah. Right. I, I do want to call out again those footsteps. Yeah. yeah. They're so effective to they me. They are. Yeah. But she promptly grabs Annabelle and holds her over the open well. Sister Charlotte approaches and asks what she's doing. <laughs> Linda fucking flat out tells her that this doll is hurting Janice and it killed Sam. So she's getting rid of it. This is when I was like, Sam's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting Elaine with George's toupee. <laughs> and here's what I'm doing with it. <laughs> she lets go of Annabelle and we watch as she falls into the dark well. Sister Charlotte doesn't react to anything that Linda said. Nope. Only tells her to come back to the house. I fucking applaud Linda because we watch a lot of adults and a lot of films that just sit back and watch shit happen. But Linda was like, absolutely not. This Mm. bitch is going for a swim. Like she's like, I'm done. (laughs) You know, something that's funny is that the actress who plays B is named Samara. Yeah. And and they're chucking her down a well. She turns and starts walking away, but before Linda can follow, she hears whispering coming from the well. She leans over to look inside, and when Sister Charlotte turns around and calls after her, Linda ignores her. Suddenly, human hands reach out of the well and grab Linda, trying to pull her down. Sister Charlotte is able to grab her and pull her back out, and she puts the lid back on the well, but something starts banging at it from the inside. Sister Charlotte is like, what's doing that? Linda goes, who cares? Run. Absolutely. And so they do. My thing is, you just seen this. Yes. Don't act crazy later. Yes. You just seen that. No, you were here for all of this. Yeah. You witnessed. Yes. I'm pissed because Linda was doing so well as far as horror rules are concerned. You mean her listening to the... Exactly. But then she's like, what's that whisper? And then... She's still a kid, man. Yeah, but (laughs) they almost were sending their love down the well. All the way down. (laughs) And it would have been, I mean, can you imagine, like, you were getting rid of this doll. And and now what? Sister Charlotte was there. She's fine. Yeah. She's still the smartest one here. Because Sister Charlotte's like, what? Let's figure out what that was. It's like, run, bitch. (laughs) And it's also infuriating with all the stuff that they cut because Sister Charlotte would have been having her own shit. Yeah. And she probably I, would have believed her more. That is yeah. that is pretty disappointing because, I mean, Sister Charlotte is fine as a character, but she is not very fleshed out yeah. at all. It's like, I know you went to Romania for a bit. Uh-huh. and uh, But you were only now there. Now you're to, here. Yeah. She was only <laughs> there to set up a spinoff. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that something happened at your old orphanage. I don't know what. Yeah. No. And if Father Massey is and driving you, really you out like here, that blanket. what's the yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for an undisclosed reason? My thing is the fleshing out of the story of the old orphanage again. Yes, Father Massey is taking them out here. What? What's his? I don't. I want to know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. where is he? Because he. Yeah, I don't fucking yeah, know. He, he also off. be here. Yeah, yeah. If he was at the old orphanage, 
Maybe he's like, y'all get the fuck out. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't he's well, like, I got a room. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, we're sticking your shit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But they run back to the house and once inside, Linda wakes up Janice to tell her that she got rid of the doll. But when she pulls the covers back, Janice isn't laying there. Annabelle is. I did laugh because there was no way that Annabelle yeah. lump was big enough to for her to think it was Janice. No. <laughs> <laughs> but Linda screams and Sister Charlotte calls out to Janice. Nancy, Carol, Kate, and Tierney come to the stairs and admit that they don't know where Janice is when Sister Charlotte asks. You know what I thought happened? Hmm. I thought that Linda threw Janice down the well. <laughs> <laughs> I did too. Right? Because... Now Annabelle's back. Yes. Why are you shaking your head? Stop that. <laughs> well, I did because she was banging, trying to get. Not that Janice could have climbed up yeah. there. <laughs> I thought the exact same thing because it's like they switched places. Right, yeah. Right, okay. And Annabelle's <laughs> like, you thought, <laughs> but no. But Sister Charlotte tells them to go find Janice and they head back upstairs. She picks up Annabelle and goes into Esther's room, ripping the canopy open on her bed and asking what's going on. But Esther just screams and tells her to get that doll away from her. Crying, she says that she knew it was back. Sister Charlotte like just puts the doll like a few inches away yeah. on the chair. <laughs> I mean, that's technically away. away yeah. yeah. But at the same time, no, you didn't. Yeah, you literally said it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Your your dead husband. And I was gonna say your husband died tonight. Yeah. Why aren't you? I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. But Sister Charlotte asks what it is, and Esther tells her simply, "Evil, the devil itself." She goes on to explain that after she and Sam lost B, they promised their devotion to any power that would allow them to see and speak with B again. Any power. That's what she said. Yeah. This takes me back to pet cemetery shit. Yeah. It's like in that moment, it's like what, what deal would you not make? Yeah. Like it's just like you're an asshole that you took advantage of these people right now. Well, I know that she's a demon and she doesn't give yeah, a fuck. I was gonna say, a fuck yeah. But like that's rude. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're, you're mean. Well, then you say they play by their own rules and shit. I said do it. Do what you want. No, oh, that sounds a lot better. <laughs> But she says that it started small as we get a flashback of Sam and Esther sitting together and eating dinner. Out of nowhere, B's gramophone begins to play You Are My Sunshine upstairs. They grab each other's hands and Esther says that they just knew it was her. Esther says that B asked permission to move into the doll so that she could be with them forever. Mm. There's your first mistake. Yeah. yeah. In the flashback, Esther goes into B's room and sees Annabelle rocking in a chair by herself, which again is Annabelle's jam. It's her signature. Yeah. yeah. She sees a piece of paper on the ground, and when she picks it up and unfolds it, it only says one word, please. They gave her permission, and Esther says that that's when it became stronger. They started to actually see her in fleeting glimpses. In the flashback, they see B standing in the window at night, lit by moonlight. Esther calls out to B. Annabelle? I was like, her fucking name's Annabelle? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I was like... I don't know. I, I don't think if I knew an Annabelle, I would call her B. So no. they really yeah, I, threw I, us for a yeah. loop? Yeah. Is that the phrase? Yes. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I still got flu brain, man. I'm trying. <laughs> Flashback Esther walks around the house doing laundry and B runs by giggling. Esther says that even though she couldn't hold B, having the buzz of her activity back was comforting. But, Esther says, they soon realized that it wasn't their Annabelle at all. Flashback Esther looks into a mirror and sees a black demon, played by Joseph Bashara, <laughs> credited as Annabelle Demon, Very good. looking at her from the doorway. 
when she turns around, though, B scampers away. Okay, so this is the moment that made me hesitant <laughs> to go to the bathroom. Anytime something is peeking its head around something, yeah. it's it, terrifying. It worries me. Well, I feel like because like you see that peripheral shit all the time. Yeah. Like you could yeah. trick yourself into thinking you see shit like yeah. that. I did make it to the bathroom though, despite <laughs> <laughs> what I said in the Let's intro. Let's not start yeah. any rumors yeah. here, people. I'm not about that. But later we see flashback Esther holding a Bible and a cross as she walks into B's bedroom. B sits with her back to the door, humming and having a tea party. Annabelle, of course, is in attendance. <laughs> as Esther approaches with the cross in front of her, B begins to move suddenly, her bones cracking. When she finishes her transformation, she is a very tall version of herself. In her fear, Esther drops her cross, but the tall bee creature continues toward her. Be the name, not not, not an animal. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't have a stinger now or no, anything. But she's moving unnaturally with her bones continuing to sound like they're breaking. So this again is very effective. Yeah. To me, it's kind of like what we saw in the shadows, just seeing it all now. Yeah. Yeah. The popping and locking into a You're full right. demon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sam returns home and hears Esther screaming upstairs. When he finds his wife, she's on the floor, still screaming. When she looks up at him, her hand is clamped over one of her eyes with blood streaming from it. Now, in the room with Sister Charlotte, Esther removes her Phantom of the Opera half mask to reveal horrific scars in the shape of a scratch over her left eye. Her eye is missing. Only a hole remains. This looked great yeah it looks really good it's a combination of practical makeup and cgi yeah but it works really well yeah i think the thing that always they do this a lot in films where someone is missing an eye mm -hmm. but inside the socket looks very i know a lot of people hate this word but it looks moist, moist. <laughs> <laughs> she says that it was a demonic presence using annabelle to manipulate them into giving it a soul to inhabit she says that it tried to take hers, but Sam contacted the church and they were able to save her soul, but the evil is still tied to the doll. I wanted a little more on how they were able to save her soul, but we yeah. we're not going to get that. It was it was like Grindhouse. It was like missing real. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Like, oh, okay, I guess it's not. She says that they locked it away and surrounded it with the word of God. We see Sam tearing pages out of the Bible and gluing them to the walls of the closet. Are you allowed to rip pages out of a Bible? I don't know. I don't think you're supposed to be doing that. Well, I don't know. For this purpose. Uh, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, why the fuck are we keeping this thing on the premises? I don't why, know. Why couldn't the priest take it? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I wish that's something I wish we would have gotten a little more of. Why did you have to lock it away in the house? Yeah. Maybe even a priest advising them to do something like that or to contain it so other people don't touch it. Like I anything guess, that would, because I wouldn't fucking, not in my house. No. Well, no, but I mean, they did. I don't know why. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Explain Mullins. I had to again, remember because I'm like, Oh wait, no, this is the fifties. Yeah. You know, the Warrens aren't frauding it <laughs> up yet. <laughs> so they couldn't call anyone. Right. But a priest blesses the closet, dousing it with holy water before another priest places Annabelle inside. Finally, Sam closes and locks the closet door. Esther says that it's been quiet all these years and they thought the evil was contained and that helping these girls could be their penance. But wouldn't you know, they just ended up giving the demon exactly what it wanted. Well, Don't you hate when that happens? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Upstairs, Nancy, Carol, and... <laughs> 
I'm sorry I'm laughing because it's like we've all done it. Yeah, right? everybody. Yeah. Like I fucking hate when that happens. Yeah, I always do something good and then I'm making a demon yeah. really happy. Right. I'm like, damn it. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but upstairs, Nancy, Carol, and Tierney hear Janice singing and enter a room. They find Janice sitting exactly where Demon B was, having a tea party with Annabelle sitting in the seat across from her. Janice stands and turns around, and Nancy marvels that she can walk. Janice tilts her head and tells Carol that it's time to cease from sin. The girls look down and see that Janice is fucking holding a knife. Yeah. <laughs> this is, I mean, this was supernatural creepy, but yeah. it's like, what the fuck? Dude? But at the same time, this is the least supernatural thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's only made worse if she like punched her in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Downstairs, Sister Charlotte leaves Esther's room and hears them screaming upstairs. She rushes to the stairs just as the girls are coming down. I guess Janice sliced up Nancy's yes, arm, yeah. dude. <laughs> I was like, She's like, what you got? What you got? <laughs> tossing like, the knife back and forth. <laughs> I feel like we don't see a lot of key moments that happen here. Yeah, and I, I will admit at this point, because we find out in a second why, Right. I was like, why is this movie rated R? Yeah. Yeah, well. I mean, we'll figure yeah. it out. Yeah. <laughs> But Sister Charlotte tells them to stay together and call for help before she goes upstairs alone. We cut to Carol hanging up the phone. She says that they're on their way and they just need to get somewhere safe now. Mrs. Mullins' bell rings and Nancy asks what they're supposed to do. Tyranny's like, we can't just leave her here. So we cut to them slowly entering Esther's room. They call out to her, but she doesn't answer. Carol pulls the canopy open, but Esther isn't there either. The only thing there is her half mask with blood splattered on it. Nancy notices a puddle of blood collecting on the floor. And when her eyes trail up to what's making it, they see that Esther has been murdered and nailed onto the wall crucifixion style. But her bottom half has been ripped away. So that's why it's rated R. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like that. Yes. Yeah. Very good. But again, the Mullins, I feel like are supposed to play this really huge role and they yeah. both just die off screen. Well, all right. <laughs> JP's yeah. fine with it. Yeah. Yes, yes, they do. There was one deleted scene that I really would prefer that they had kept in. Mm. And it is right before this happens. Mm -hmm. Esther notices on the floor of the room is Annabelle. All right. And then you see it just start to raise slowly on its own. And then it moves and she follows it through the canopy. And through the slats in the canopy, you see the demon holding her. And oh, then, that would be cool. Right. Yeah. Uh, she, the demon, kind of like looks through her, through her. <laughs> she's <laughs> she's invisible. She, <laughs> he looks through the canopy at Esther, yeah. and kind of gives a little grin. And then they find her dead. Uh, well, right. and then so that would have been scary when they heard the bell because yeah. we know that something's in there with her. Yeah. Exactly. Now it's just like uh, you were just telling, uh, spilling all the tea to fucking Charlotte, and now right. you're dead. It's like okay. <laughs> and well, isn't it weird that like she spilled the tea immediately? Is it because it's the third act? It like, has to be. She's like, like all right, listen, I'll okay. tell you. <laughs> you drive a hard bargain. I'll tell you everything. <laughs> But understandably, the girls scream and run from the room. Sister Charlotte upstairs runs into the popular girl's bedroom to find Linda and Kate hiding behind a bed. She tells them that they're leaving now. But when the girls stare horrified at the doorway behind her, Sister Charlotte turns around. Janice stands there still. <laughs> she got that thing on her. Yeah. She's still holding the knife. She tells Sister Charlotte to forgive her for she has sinned. 
Sister Charlotte clutches a rosary and begins to pray in Spanish. She closes her eyes and continues to pray as she lifts up from the ground. When she sees that she's floating, she begins to pray louder, but is slammed into a vanity and a wall, sending glass raining down on her as she collapses onto the floor. So firstly, a nun is ineffective against this demon. Yeah. yeah. So what chance do these kids have? A praying nun. A praying yeah. nun. Yeah. <laughs> That's the holiest kind. That's what, so I've heard. The thing is, is that this was initially supposed to be her son that came in through the door. Oh. All right. And he was saying, you know, why did you give me away, mommy? Oh, my God. Yeah. And stuff like that. He goes, don't you know what happened to me and all this? And then she levitates, slams her to the door, and then it slowly turns into Janice. Ah, uh, okay. Which, okay. again, I think is better. Yeah, that's also really mean. Yeah. No, of course it is. <laughs> it's a demon. Why do we keep forgetting? Demons aren't nice. I just don't like how rude they are. <laughs> and petty. Yeah, yeah. so extremely. Uh-huh. Linda and Kate scream and run past Janice, but Linda immediately falls in the hallway and is dragged into the darkness of another room. I, they always got to drag one person. Oh, yeah. always. Linda screams at Kate to run and get help, but Janice steps into the hallway. She holds the handle of her knife out to Kate and proposes an alternative. She can help her. But Kate's like, fuck that noise and runs. Why doesn't she say yeah for a second and take the knife? And then what, stab Janice? Yeah. Yeah. Or run away. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to run away anyway, at least. She was trying to get, but I feel like if she was like, okay, yeah, she would have got got. Yeah, but she doesn't know. How good is she with that knife? (laughs) But after Kate runs, Linda closes the door of the room she's in, drawing Janice's attention. Nancy, Carol, and Tierney run outside and climb into the truck for safety. Carol starts the truck, but it only starts momentarily before dying. The headlights flicker off and on, illuminating the scarecrow leaning against the workshop. Nancy is the only one watching as it slowly raises its head and looks over at them. Nancy tries to get their attention, but the truck starts and the headlights come on to reveal that the scarecrow is gone. Fuck, not the outside scarecrow. The outside. (laughs) (laughs) The engine dies again and Nancy points to where the scarecrow was. They all stare into the darkness, but someone bangs on the passenger door and it's just Kate. They all get out of the truck. So I noticed a bit of weird editing here. Yeah. Like I was like something, they caught something strange. Mm-hmm. What with the scarecrow? Yeah. And I learned on commentary that there was a shot that was supposed to happen right there before she knocked on the door. Yeah. Of the scarecrow kind of falling onto the hood of the truck. Okay. And the reason that they cut it is to have the sequence that we're about to have. Mm. But the original plan was that that was going to be the end of the scarecrow was it being on the car. And then what happens next was going to be evil Mullins, evil Mrs. Mullins. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so I guess for whatever Why? reason. Why? Why would you change it? I don't know. I feel like from what I heard, I think the scarecrow tested really well. <laughs> <laughs> Hitchcock so like, said, scarecrow. Yeah. needs more scarecrow. <laughs> <laughs> But upstairs, Linda is in Sister Charlotte's room. She tries to open the window, but gets the shit scared out of her when Janice starts to bang on the door. When the window doesn't open, she goes over to the dumbwaiter, opens it up, and looks inside. Meanwhile, the girls run to the barn outside. Carol runs in, but everyone else stops in their tracks. They point behind her, where the scarecrow is crucified onto the wall, missing its lower half, just like Esther. Okay, so... Which is still mean. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was a little annoyed because this should be a new horror movie rule. 
always stand in the doorway. Never yeah. Yeah. fucking separate like this. Yeah. Ever again. I like how they just stop and point. Like it's yeah. like zoinks. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like it was like, like cartoonish. Oh, you're dead. Yeah. 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 It's like, well, Carol was mean to everyone, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. No, fuck Carol. But <laughs> But the door slams shut and Carol runs to it, trying to open it. She asks the girls on the other side of the door if they can open it, but hears nothing in return. The barn is made out of planks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Kick that shit in. That's all I'm saying. She looks behind her and sees an axe. Carol slowly walks over, trying to remove it from the stump of wood, but only succeeds in breaking the handle off. She holds the handle up like a weapon as something falls from the scarecrow and clatters onto the floor. It looked like a doorknob. Yeah. What the fuck was that? Why do you have that? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what it was. Maybe it was like the a part of their engine. Like he fucked. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, you're not going anywhere. (laughs) That's why it wouldn't stay started. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I know about sports and cars. But the light overhead begins to unscrew and flicker and the scarecrow's body begins to move. Demonic hands come from the sleeves and start to rip at the scarecrow's mask, revealing teeth. Before the full face can be revealed, the light bulb falls to the floor and shatters. The other light bulb begins to unscrew and afraid of being left in the dark, Carol grabs a ladder and climbs up to screw it back in. I did appreciate that she was being proactive and not just standing there scared. Like, she was like, let me stop this one. Like, yeah. she's trying. Well, it's the last light you have left. Yeah. But why did they have an inside scarecrow? See, I, I think don't... the scarecrow... <laughs> well, the scarecrow can do what it wants, I guess. Yeah, Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> That's the motto. Yeah. But she screws it back in, and the tense music stops. From on the ladder, she looks around, but the demonic hands grab onto the light bulb, squeezing and breaking it. Carol screams and falls from the ladder onto her back. It looks very painful as the (laughs) demon perches on the ceiling and growls. It slowly lowers down, hanging upside down, and Carol runs into Sam's well-lit doll-making room and locks the door behind her. I don't remember seeing that light. Yeah. Well, it was daytime when they were in that room. Oh, yeah, it was. So he probably didn't have it on. He just let No, I'm saying right now when the light the light bulbs were unscrewing and stuff, I didn't see that well-lit room just off on the side. Well, they didn't have coverage of it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Carol begins to cry and ask God for help as the demon bangs on the door. But Nancy opens the window next to her and Carol just climbs out. I was like giving Carol props for fucking trying to stay alive, but it's yeah. like, bitch, you're right next to a window. Like, just yeah. crawl out. Bash it open with, one, with yeah. one of those uh, yeah. doll limbs and or well, whatever. Nancy opened it from the outside with yeah. no problem. So, I mean, I was just like, come on. Okay, so that ending could have been handled a little I, bit better. I was, it was just a little anticlimactic. <laughs> but I did think that the entire scarecrow sequence was good. It oh, was, yeah. and the demon looked really scary. Yeah. yeah, when it was peeling at the mask. Yeah. And there is no, like, music cues there's no loud noises. Yeah. yeah, it's just what you see, and the light bulb smashing. You see them falling and smashing. Yeah, so even that's not gonna like. Ugh! Yeah, you know, it was very well done. I agree. Back at the house, Janice continues to bang on the door and call out to Linda. Linda, though, has climbed into the dumb waiter and is slowly using the rope to lower herself down. She stops at Esther's room. The room is dark, with the exception of moonlight shining in through cross-shaped holes in the windows. She climbs out of the dumbwaiter and picks up a flashlight. As she shines it across the room, she sees that the wall where Esther once was is empty besides a huge blood stain. Now, remember, she was not here to yeah. see what was there. No, that's true. 
She follows a trail of blood across the room to reveal the top half of Esther's body. Suddenly, Esther raises her head and uses her hands to crawl toward Linda. But just before Esther reaches her, Linda climbs back into the dumbwaiter and starts to pull herself back up. So I thought this was interesting that they did this. Mm -hmm. But this is the third actress to play Esther Mullins. Yes. Because they had Miranda Otto. Mm -hmm. And then they had Alicia. I forgot her surname who played evil vera bailey i think I think you're right okay now this actress who is playing her here they actually got an actress who doesn't have legs oh i love that in order yeah. to uh portray the esther i guess the dead esther yeah oh that's cool and they said that she looked like eerily like miranda Otto. oh wow, oh, wow. because i honestly didn't know that it wasn't her it yeah. looks like her it was uh, yeah, yeah very cool but Linda's trying to pull herself back up, and when the rope stops moving, she looks down through the crack of the car and sees Janice climbing up the wall inside the chute, I guess we'll call it. Uh, that works. Yeah. yeah. Dumbwaiter hole. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she screams, and demon hands grab on, but let go when Linda hits them with the flashlight. <laughs> this is yeah. what I'm kind of like, this is... Because a, a lot is happening at yeah. this point. Like, uh -huh. we had the whole scarecrow thing, like... Nancy got fucked up with the knife, like Esther's all oh, whatever. Mm -hmm. But then she like just smacks demon hands with a flashlight and they're like, oh shit. Like Dude. that was a lot <laughs> right, for that me. That fucking hurt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that it was so deeply affected that it let go. Yeah. Uh -huh. That's well, hilarious. It backs off like shaking. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh damn. <laughs> like it was very funny to me too. So Linda climbs out and grabs onto the rope. And when the demon hand grabs the car and pulls it down, it lifts Linda up higher. Finally, she climbs back into Sister Charlotte's room and shuts the door. It's funny because that's where she started. So yeah. she's like, never, never mind. <laughs> yeah, forget it. Forget it. She walks into the dark hallway, stopping in the popular girl's room. I'm just calling them that <laughs> <laughs> to quietly call out for Sister Charlotte. But she doesn't answer because this is where she was passed out on the floor. Mm -hmm. Linda keeps it moving over to the stairs. She peeks over the railing and sees Janice with her back to Linda. Janice says, you know what I like about Sweet Sue? She turns and we see that she's fucking stabbing Sweet yeah. Sue in the face <laughs> with her knife. And she finishes because she looks just like you. You know, I love a good reincorporation. Yeah. yeah. And that was good. No, it was great. I'm just like, man, that was her. Like, she yeah. loves that. That was Again, yeah. the demon's just being mean. Just rude. <laughs> the, my possessions. Yeah. <laughs> that meant a lot to me. I didn't even realize how fucked up that was. Yeah. <laughs> but Linda takes off as Janice starts up the stairs. She runs into B's room and hides in the Bible closet. Janice comes into the room looking for her, and Linda realizes that Annabelle is in the closet with her, sitting in her chair. Annabelle stares up at her until Linda moves her face to the side. Janice rips the door open and yells, found you. She throws Linda on the ground and gets on top of her with the knife at the ready. She reminds Linda that she told her if she ever got adopted, they would stay together. And you know what you say about breaking a swear? You go straight to hell. <laughs> But like, Linda didn't get adopted. No, like, I I'm, I'm so confused. Like, that wasn't our deal. <laughs> I didn't understand. I feel like the other, because she looks just like you. I it felt better. like that was more effective because Linda's still here. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the demon's mining her brain, but not really yeah. getting yeah, not under all the nuances. I don't understand. <laughs> 
I will say that when she swooped on her with that knife in hand, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it, it was, was very a, real. It was yeah. a <laughs> she raises the knife, but Sister Charlotte stops her by calling her name from the doorway. Somehow she's holding Annabelle now, but Annabelle was just in the closet. Yeah. But okay. Wait, so she had to walk around her, grab it, right. yeah. and then be like, Janice. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get back to my. Sp- <laughs> That's a lot. But Janice jumps up and tries to stab Sister Charlotte, but she stabs Annabelle instead. So I guess she wasn't good with the knife then. No. <laughs> <laughs> so does that hurt her? And she's like, oh, my belly. <laughs> I was like, fuck. <laughs> so is it like a voodoo doll? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. They've not explained it. They no. haven't. Sister Charlotte clutches onto her rosary as Janice's eyes turn demonically yellow. She asks for forgiveness as she shoves Janice into the Bible closet along with Annabelle and slams the door. Doesn't she like in a fluid motion throw the rosary over her neck? Yeah. It's yeah. like she's rehearsed. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, how the many whole, demon kids? The whole time yeah. she was about to, maybe that's what happened at the old orphanage. Oh, oh shit. The whole time see? she was about yeah. to stab Linda, she's over there like, whoa, forgiveness. Right. <laughs> Please yeah. give me forgiveness. Like as she was all practicing it. If she comes at me, I'm going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> then the rosary went, uh, just slam her in the closet. The throw was practically a Hail Mary. <laughs> so she's already paid. She's already apologized. Yeah, man. But she fucking pulls down a huge armoire, blocking the door with it, and glass shatters all over the floor. Sandberg on commentary said that they fucked that thing up and that was not supposed to happen. Oh. What did you think was going to yeah, happen? Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. It's made of it's glass like, and wood. Yeah. It was, it's like one of those clown things that you punch and it pops back in. Yeah. It's like, oh my no, God. It's glass and wood. They said that he had gotten a message from a friend of his that was working on something else like months later and they were using it. They repaired it to fix it. And I was like, how the fuck? Yeah. They, made, they had another one. Yeah. That thing was demolished yeah, I, don't, I don't believe them yeah it was destroyed like benina <laughs> janice screams from inside the closet to be let out but she abruptly stops the glass on the floor begins to shake the gramophone starts to play distortedly and the lights flicker on and off chairs are hurled at sister charlotte and linda the lights for the dollhouse come on and it's thrown against the closet <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. uh, you don't have to do the dollhouse like no. that Sam spent a lot of time on right. that yeah. <laughs> finally sister Charlotte and Linda run downstairs where everything is shaking and the lights are flickering they run outside and the rest of the girls run over to them they all embrace as the house continues to shake and growl this is when I was like how long does it take the cops to get here because Carol yeah. called a long time ago well they're in the middle of fucking nowhere yeah like, but yeah. the ambulance was just out here earlier like you know where it is well, Not they, ambulance. Uh, well the, the coroner yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well but they could have called them well no because he died during the day and then it's nighttime when he's taking him away so it could have been like four hours I guess like, well we'll fucking like get to it hours? when we get to it <laughs> <laughs> nobody told y'all to live all the way out there <laughs> So watching them watch the house go haywire. Yeah. Did anybody else think that the house was going to poltergeist itself? I was. I, it reminded me of poltergeist for sure. I did. I thought it was going to like blow up or something. Yeah. But at, and I know that Janice is possessed. Uh-huh. But I mean, we're really just going to leave this little girl in there like that. Yeah, no, I that's mean, true. Well, no, I mean, I thought it was going to explode or something. And I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. that little girl's still in there. <laughs> it looks like it. Yeah. But all the lights explode on the house and the barn, and then suddenly it's very quiet, and they all just hold each other. We cut to a police officer lifting the armoire and opening the closet door. 
inside. Annabelle sits in her chair next to a hole in the wall. It's not funny. Yeah. No, it's and very Jenna's funny. just like, oh, fuck <laughs> <Yeah>. this. <laughs> she ate her way out or like, shouldn't what happened? The, yeah. the Bible, shouldn't that have like stopped her though? She's like, she's ah! just like, she's yeah. like this is just paper. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. And she had the, well, okay. So that confuses me as well is yeah. that they expected after everything that they, well, I guess they didn't see that. Never mind. I was like, they tried to shut the closet door, but Annabelle was popping it open like yeah. nothing. Yeah. So I guess they didn't Janice see that. there. So I understand, I guess, why yeah. they thought this would work. Yeah. They were wrong. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but Sister Charlotte's beads are just on the floor. The next morning, Sister Charlotte stands outside with Officer Form, played by Adam Bartley. They never mention um, the officer's name in the film. Right. But he's credited as Officer Form. And that is the name of the couple in the first Annabelle movie. What? what? They're John and Mia Form. Huh. So I was like the fuck like yeah. it's not like jones like yeah. i i that's weird maybe he's his brother and he's like hey i got i got a hot lead yeah, on, a, the, on a doll that you've been yeah. asking for <laughs> that you've been asking for yeah but that's not what happens because we'll see what happens yeah. that's what i thought was gonna happen yeah that that was his father or right, something right, and right. Then, like no 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 and if you remember how they got the doll he like found it yeah, yeah. oh wait you're right that's he wasn't given this it. is 12 yeah. years or whatever yes Man, this makes no goddamn I sense. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was weird. I thought it was strange form. <laughs> I hate to say that it is a Doberman script. So am I mean, <laughs> when things don't make sense, he's been doing so well, <laughs> better than any of us could have expected or even fair. hoped for. You can put one fucking weird thing in it that doesn't <laughs> make sense. But it made me laugh because he tells Sister Charlotte that there's no sign of Janice. He's like, don't worry, a kid her age can't get far. Yeah. I was like, like, her age? She's yeah. like, she's old enough to walk and run. <laughs> yeah. And a kid her age, did nobody tell him that a demon's on board? I know. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what a fucking weird thing to say. But priest holding Annabelle, played by Tyler A. Johnson, Great comes name. out yeah. holding Annabelle oh, wow. and says that the house has been blessed. He says, this house is clean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever evil was here is no longer. Linda asks about the doll and the priest tells her that it was only a conduit for evil. The evil's moved on. So now it's just a doll. And he's like, which one of you wants this? Yeah. What are you dead ass <laughs> ass that dude? What Get out of here. What the fuck is wrong like, with Come you? on, man. But then we cut to Annabelle just being thrown in the cop's truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if I know anything about Annabelle, that cop's going to have a car accident. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Later, their bus drives away past B's accident site. Linda sits alone until Sister Charlotte joins her. She reminds her that that wasn't Janice back at the house. And Linda says that she knows as she cradles Janice's doll. Very sad because you remember they were great friends. Yes. Yeah. And I do like that she still has her doll. I thought that was still like kind of like a remember her by. Yeah, yeah. Because she's gone. Yeah. yeah. I'm just upset with the ending that we get for Linda because mm -hmm. like A, she lost her friend. B, the last memory she has of her is her trying to fucking stab yeah. her. Right. C, they've made it very clear that if the Mullins doesn't work out, we fucking have nowhere to go. Yeah. Wait, so what the fuck I is going oh, on? Yeah. I don't, like, I want to know what happens to Linda. I'm, I want to know what happens to Linda. Wait, so are, are they just know. headed towards like the saddest story yeah. ever? I don't know. <laughs> Father Massey's like, you shouldn't have fucked up back yeah. there. Yeah, guys. I don't know what to tell you. No, he's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, I was a little disappointed with this because I feel like we get no resolution. Linda was kind of, she did her best. She yeah. did everything she could. She kind of became the protagonist. Yeah, she did. So I don't know. I, I was just a little disappointed by that because 
she gets a really shitty and unknown at the same time ending. Right. That's a, f- yeah. But, you know, moving on. <laughs> Maybe she'll return in like the eighth Annabelle film or something. You know, I'd be here for it. <laughs> we want more Linda. Yes. She's earned it. Yes. But we cut to the St. Joaquin orphanage an undisclosed amount of time later. If I'm not mistaken, Sandberg said on commentary that that's his brother's name. Oh, I love ah, that. Okay. Adoption agent played by Lotta Lowstein greets a couple. And she's Sandberg's wife. Oh, my uh. God. <laughs> She's in the, you've, you've seen the short Lights Out? Yes. And then oh. she's in the film too. But How cool. Yeah, I love that. I love when they do that. She brings a couple inside and says that the girl keeps to herself and is quiet. She's lovely, but she's been through a lot. She brings the couple inside to meet Janice. She introduces the couple as Mr. and Mrs. Higgins, played by Brian Howe and Carrie O'Malley. Hmm. And Janice introduces herself as Annabelle. They reach into her bag and present her with a gift, a Raggedy Ann doll. Ah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's a little cheeky. Yeah. yeah. Janice cradles the doll to her and smiles. And with a flash, we see them standing together in a family portrait. Janice, the Higgins, and the doll. Text reads 12 years later as we scan through photographs of Janice growing up over the years until we finally get a framed picture of Annabelle Higgins played by Tree O'Toole. Do y'all remember all those names? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Higgins are woken in their beds by a sound and Mr. Higgins goes to investigate. Mrs. Higgins tries to stop him, but when he insists, she calls the police. Annabelle comes into the room and immediately slits her father's throat. Her mother calls her name and she greets her with, hi, mom. Her boyfriend, Thin Man, played by (laughs) Trampus Thompson, (laughs) comes in behind her and attacks Mrs. Higgins. Very quickly, um, we covered Annabelle, like you said, a really long time. (laughs) And so I'd seen a news story uh, probably last year and immediately I recognized the name because Tree O'Toole is not a super common name. Mm. No. But apparently Tree O'Toole was acting a fucking fool at an Arby's because she didn't want to wear a mask. Right. <laughs> so I, was I don't like, know why it's funny <laughs> that it's an Arby's. <laughs> I felt the need to say it. Uh, I, the get your sandwich and get it out. Yeah. yeah. It's just, she's like, I'm just trying to eat my beef and cheese. The <laughs> <laughs> curly fries are delicious. <laughs> I was like, God damn it, dude. Because like, on paper, this woman had all the makings of a huge badass. Right. She does like stunts for Vera Farmiga in the other Conjuring yeah, movies. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's uh, pretty fucking disappointing that you're one of those. Uh-huh. Like, I hate. We were just talking about how like disappointing celebrities can be, and it's like sometimes I don't want to know your business. No. Yeah. It. But yeah, I was like, oh, here's this bitch. I don't want to put her mask <laughs> on or whatever. Go through the drive-through. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? I don't know. I don't know. And that was at the height of everything. So yeah. it's like, come on, dude. Like, God damn. I don't know. But her name is not a very common name. So no. as soon as I saw it, I was like, hold on. <gasps> yeah. I was like, she was from that shitty movie. <laughs> <laughs> But in the next house, Mia Form, played by Annabelle Wallace, wakes up just as Mrs. Higgins' scream is cut short and their lights go out. She wakes up her husband, John, played by Ward Horton. It's so funny to me that her name is Annabelle and yeah. she's in these Annabelle. Yeah. And she's great. I really hated the right. first Annabelle, but Annabelle Wallace is no, very, yeah. very mm-hmm. good. She was also good in Malignant. And Peaky Blinders. Yeah. She's great, but... We watch as John crosses the lawn to his neighbor's house and Mia stands in the doorway, heavily pregnant. 
it cuts to credits as you are my sunshine plays and all of this at the end if you didn't see the first Annabelle, yeah. that's all in the first one, <laughs> right? Which I'm a sucker for. We talked about it in Insidious. Yeah. If you really think about, because like Annabelle Higgins, uh huh. There's too many Annabelles running around at this point. <laughs> Annabelle Higgins gets killed and bleeds onto the doll, and then that's when the doll becomes evil. So I don't right. really understand how that. Well, so I mean, it's difficult because the connection is interesting yeah no it is it almost makes you give a fuck about the first film yeah but i guess if you think of it that way then maybe i guess the demon bled out of her and back into the doll because it said it left the doll there it does leave a lot of questions if you look too closely it is a bit much like it it does leave a lot of questions but like taking this on its face i was like Mm. oh hell yeah Yeah. dude Mm -hmm. like i was shockingly excited to see them and see that connection right i thought that was really cool But as the credits roll, we glide across the pages of the Bible stuck to the wall of Annabelle's closet. The song ends as we pan over to Annabelle, who sits in her chair, staring. We close in tight on her face, and the music box from The Conjuring begins to play. Just as Annabelle starts to move her head, it cuts to black. But before I ask y'all, there is a post-credit scene. Mm Mm-hmm. A door slides open to reveal an obvious church corridor lit by candles. We get the text, Abbey of St. Carta, Romania, 1952. A figure stands at the end of the hall and glides toward us. As they do, the candles that it passes go out one by one. Just as we begin to see the demon nun played by Bonnie Ahrens, it cuts to black. That is a great tease. It is an excellent tease. But this badass tease, coupled with the fucking scariest part of The Conjuring 2 being about mm-hmm. that nun, uh-huh. really sets us up for some disappointment. <laughs> yeah, it does. You know what the they next did? Installment. They did the opposite. Of what Annabelle Creation yeah. did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. So. You played yourself. <laughs> we'll have to save that disappointment for another episode. Yes. Oh, and yeah. maybe we won't wait 80 weeks <laughs> next time. <laughs> but let me ask. What did you guys think of Annabelle creation? I really liked this movie a lot more than the first one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, watching it for the show. Yeah. If you look too closely, you kind of see some things. But I do agree that it's a great movie to just put on and kind of watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, the scares are great. Uh, the visuals look fantastic. I I would really, really recommend watching this movie. Like I said, I know there's certain movies or the insidious and all that that I make excuses for. You know what I mean? I know they're bad or some of them aren't the greatest, you know, mm-hmm. but it's like I, I, I'll still watch them. Um, and this is one of those movies, but it's not a bad movie. No. It's one that you do want to watch. Yeah. I know. I agree. I think it's very decent like I said before, it's a popcorn film, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You pop it on and you will have a good time watching it. Oh, yeah. And it's the fact of, of course, as we've said plenty of times, when you're coming out of the first Annabelle film, mm-hmm. your expectations are kind of beneath the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so whatever they did, it probably was going to be better. But on top of it, it's just actually a decent film. Yeah. yeah. You know? And yeah. so I would honestly argue that because i enjoy the first conjuring a lot i enjoy the second conjuring a lot i think this may be the only film in the conjuring universe that can kind of almost be considered decent enough to be on the level of the yeah. conjuring like the yeah. main the mainline okay. film yeah because yeah. the other spinoffs don't even reach the heights of this no they don't 
I agree with both of y'all. I mean, I, I, they would have had to really fucking fumble the ball for yeah. it to be on par or worse than Annabelle. <laughs> so really, I mean, I wasn't expecting it to be as bad for me because again, I'm sure there are people that Annabelle is their favorite film in the Conjuring universe. Yeah. yeah. And I love that for you, but it did not fucking work for me at all. And so it made me, <laughs> like I said, not even want to revisit yeah. Annabelle because I'm like, I'm I don't like this bitch. Like <laughs> I, you know, but I really had a great time. I the dislike that I have for that doll yeah. is unreal. Mm-hmm. And I really fucking enjoyed this movie. It was there were parts, like I said, that genuinely scared me. Mm-hmm. It looks fantastic. We talked about the sound design. Um, there are some places where the script is a little doesn't make a whole lot of sense yeah. um, or scenes that maybe, I mean, Esther really going into all this detail uh, the night that her husband dies yeah. and them never mentioning that her husband just died. It the Stuff like that is like, <laughs> I, don't um, know. I yeah. know we're talking about a demon doll, but I'm like, that's not very realistic, right, right. but it's not, it's not. No. Um, but as a whole man, if you're not, looking too closely this movie is really good and the tie-in to the first one is fantastic like Mm -hmm. the fact that janice becomes the annabelle that started all this shit in the front come on like what more can you ask for but yeah i was i will say pleasantly surprised Mm -hmm. at at least so i guess we can just go into ratings i kind of already said what i think about it (laughs) (laughs) but um this film is just a good time i will definitely rewatch it it already showed me all the bits that I need to see from Annabelle proper. So mm. I won't be rewatching that, but, <laughs> <laughs> but this is great. I mean, and they got child actors, the the ones that actually were children yeah. that were, that were great. <laughs> oh we yeah. We talk a lot about how a child actor can really take you out of shit, mm-hmm. but they were all great. I mean, besides Mr. Mullins being a little robotic, yeah. <laughs> everyone really delivered and the scares were great. This, these, these scares are what I look for when I go to see a conjuring film. Right. So no complaints there. My only issue again is a couple weird things with the script. And if you look too close at some things, it kind of falls apart. Yeah. So you have to kind of take a step back, but as a whole, I would say on a scale from one to 10 rightfully restricted rooms, <laughs> they should have stayed out. They should have stayed the fuck out. Really. None of this would have happened. No. She yeah. probably would have gotten out eventually, but I mean, yeah, that's true. I mean, she shouldn't have been there. Yeah. One of those kids would have picked up those notes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give Annabelle Creation a 7.5 wow. out of 10. I really did enjoy this movie. And what a fucking, it's the comeback story of the year <laughs> for me. What a redemption. Um, but I will now open up the floor. For me, I'm I'm honestly in the same boat. Yeah. Yeah. I, hey. I really enjoyed this movie. Um yeah, like you said, babe, the couple of things, you know what I mean? Yeah. But for the most part, again, the popcorn thing, man, you put on the movie. And yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Make some snacks, get some friends over or the family, whatever. Let's watch this. You know what I mean? And you're going to have a good time. And mm-hmm. you're going to get creeped out. Oh, too, yeah. Because there are moments where it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. It's that damn demon, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just looks so good. Yeah. Yes. But for me, on a scale of one to ten rightfully restricted rooms, I'm going to also give Annabelle Creation a 7.5. I did really, really like this movie. Mm -hmm. And and 
I wish that the first one was a little better. Yes. So that it could be a better tie-in. Because the tie-in is fantastic. Because that, that would be a really great yeah, double but feature. Then That's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Trying to watch the other one, it's like, ah. Uh, We're all right. Yeah. yeah, I'm good. I think that that is the biggest regret is that it doesn't lead into you wanting to make it a double feature. Yeah. yeah. But if the if the film was better, you would absolutely do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But no, we're all right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just watch this one again. <laughs> but no, I agree with both of you. I think that the positives it comes down to Sandberg's direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that he is very thoughtful with the scares, almost to a James Wan level. Yeah. All right. I mean, like I said, this fit in that yeah yes you know alley for me and it fits the vibe of them yeah i agree wholeheartedly on the performances because a lot of child actors yeah and they don't distract you're not like fuck why is that yeah. kid yeah. here <laughs> get that cat out of the way you know <laughs> but it doesn't have to get to that point right yeah i do also want to shout out the production design and I think that the cinematography is interesting. It oh, is. yeah. I think it's pretty well done. It's not, you know, to like the point of me really calling out like the colors or whatever. Right. But it's done better than it needs to be. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, for a film. Not, I don't want to I mean to say a film like this, but it's like a mainstream studio horror film. Yeah. It doesn't need to be as good as it is. Uh, on the negative side, though, I'm right there with you on the writing. Yeah. There's some stuff that I thought was kind of cringe that I was apparently on an island about. But uh, <laughs> I just, I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe Doberman's writing just doesn't click with me. Yeah. I mean, we did praise him a lot. So I'm hoping he takes a couple pins out of my voodoo doll. <laughs> <laughs> like it's my back. Is. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, still left some to be desired. Yeah. And I think, honestly, some of the scares... Some fall into the kind that I don't like, right? Which is like the loud noises, right? Uh, and again, Annabelle is just kind of pointless, yeah, as a figure, yeah. Uh, and is scary from jump, which they couldn't do anything yeah. about, <laughs> yeah. But still, it's not optimal. But for me, on a scale from one to ten, rightfully restricted rooms, I am going to give Annabelle Creation a seven out of ten. Nice. All right. I wanted to join you at the 7.5, but yeah. I guess those moments I thought were cringe. <laughs> you guys <laughs> enjoyed. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate Annabelle Creation and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at the Podmortem. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at Blood and Smoke, at RealStreeter84, and at TravisMWH. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special shout out to our Wendigo Getter patrons. And remember, be wary when making deals in times of desperation. Like dolls, they often come with strings attached. Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned for a special shout out to our Wendigo Getter patrons. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Much happier than the last yeah. one, right? <laughs> <laughs> a special thank you to Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Melanie Van Husden, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Jerome M., Jordan Nash, Kent Morton, Guy54, Lala Thomas, Travis Anissa Hunter, Miguel Myers ATX, Mandy, Jennifer Perez, Pierre Lombard, Allison O'Neill, Carissa, TJ Bronson, 
Gabrielle Trevino, Spooky Mom, Andy Teague, Applin Ontiveros, Karima Rhodes, Antonio Huerta, Kimberly Kleindienst, Will Brown, Linda, Sydney Smith, Osvaldo Soto, Jonathan Booth, Bobby Holmes, Donna Eason, J.D. Rezac, Molly Gerhardt, Armand Spasto, Aaron Aguirre, Eggie, William Berry, Brittany Ramatar, Charity Oxner, Amanda Six, Mandy Rainwater, Garrett Rogers, Jordan Roberts, Dylan, Melissa Sierra, Holly Bryan, Alex Schultz, Jordan Blevins, Michelle Moore, Liz Heath, Spencer Montalvo, Pancake the Panda, John Ramos, Michael Newding, Alexius Roberts, Dan Laveau, Itzy M, Gary Horton, Amanda Aliff, Leisha Olivier, Kate Lamp, Carlos, and Jessica Hunter. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> what a list. Thank yeah. you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you all. We want to tell each and every one of you that we're so glad we found you. Yeah. <laughs> the doll the notes. notes. Yeah. yeah. Doll like, notes. The, <laughs> the doll notes. <laughs> you know. Yeah, everyone knows that. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs>